All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Film Burrito, where we are coming to you from parts unknown. I am Jason. I am Chuck. What is up, my brother? Uh, I'm very loud, and you're very not loud. Yeah? Yeah. I'm just watching the. No, I mean it's it's gonna be the same as it was last week because you're you're on the phone, <clears throat> and that's just the way the the way the cookie crumbles. So yeah, that's what That's what you do. People people who are fans of our first show will recognize the audio quality <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Uh, fans of the current show don't exist yet. However, I do believe that the audio quality. Even with the phones going on as they are now, I think it's probably better than uh, Podcast 1.0. I would say that the audio quality is is consistent. I won't say better or worse, but it's consistent enough f- over over one. Because there would be some times where Podcast 1.1 uh, or 1.2, I don't know. Um, would be like I would I sound know. fantastic, and you would sound terrible, or you would sound amazing, and I sounded like I had uh, uh, a frog in my throat. So, yeah, it's yeah, it, it was. Oh, Kermit! It, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's none of my business. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to be spilling tea. But uh, yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I mean this is this is challenging. I hope that, you know, by by the next recording sesh we can we can be face to to face mono a mono, if you will. Tet yeah. a tet. Let's hope tip so. to tip. <laughs> we record on we record on one microphone and we stand tip to tip, navel to navel, and we just stare Not in true. each other's eyes and we're like, So what do you want to talk about? And Not you, true. And you're like what do you want a size 14? And I'm like, thermal curtain failure. <laughs> well, that's enough for Chuck's fantasy hour. Let's go into the uh, the meat of the situation here. So speaking of meat, <laughs> <laughs> what well give me before before we uh before we we uh trail off there, uh, good buddy, why don't you give me an update on what you have been uh quarantine binging or bingentining? I, I was just about to uh to do the same. I um about to ask you the same thing. So um, there's one thing that I do want to talk about that we did. Is it psych? Virtual, virtually together last night. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, psych, dude. I'm loving psych. It is. I, I'm So I remember last episode I said I was just telling you that it was a good show and I wasn't trying to get you to watch it. Now I'm actively trying to get you to watch it. Because okay. every, every episode that goes by, especially as they get into the later seasons where they start to find their rhythm and really like get into – the pop culture references and stuff like that. I really, really think that you would appreciate the show just because of the, the stuff that they drop. There's this one line where uh, Sean, the main character is calling his best friend Gus. And he says, he's like, Gus, I've left you 10 messages. That's more than Mikey left for Nikki and swingers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Oh okay. man. Okay. Love that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I will watch the show. And and then I already sent you the one, the one from the first season where he's playing a video game. He's playing a golf game, and he's like, "It's not, it's not so much me. It's Mickelson. He's good, you know." And that's yeah. like the reference of the hockey game from Swingers. Yeah. But yeah, they he does it, it's all that type of stuff, and and they make reference to, um, uh, I can't give too much away because there's as you watch it, you'll see these things pop up, and it's it's references to to older episodes. And so anyway, but yeah, really, really good show. I'm almost done with it. Um, 
I just finished season seven. I'm into season eight now. There is a musical episode between seven and eight. It's a standalone that I think I'm going to watch with uh, Allie over Zoom. I think we're going to do a Zoom session and watch the show together because uh, she's the one who got me into it and she's a, a diehard psycho. So it's good stuff. Is that what you they call what fans the of the show? Yes. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I know your I sister. And she's, no, I was not being interrogatory. She's not that bad. Um, <laughs> I mean, she's, you know, but she's That's not, not that nice bad. of you. It's just, right. Um, I watched uh, Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me the other day. You're watching. Dude, I forgot how freaking funny that franchise is. You're watching them out of order. Yeah. Well, it was just, it like was on I TV. Was... Wasn't it? It was on TNT. No, no. No, I was on, I think, Amazon or Netflix or whatever platform it's on. And I was just surfing around trying to find something to watch. Because it was like I had watched, I don't know, two or three psych episodes in a row. And I'm like, I want to space it out a little bit. Um, so I, I popped on something and I was just going through movies. And that was the first one that showed up. So I was like, oh, I'll watch that. Which is my favorite anyway. I Of the three, I think two is the best one. I mean, so I just watched a... Um... A video, I think it's a, I think it's a guy online called Joe Blow Videos, and um, he does a lot yeah, of I'm the. Yeah, I think he. I think I, I want to say that it was him, but I, I'm not 100, percent and I'm not going to look it up because that's what we do or don't do. Right. But I think he had one of those like, whatever happened to Mike Myers? Like, why did he disappear? And they went into the background of like, you know, his filmography and from like Wayne's World and. And everything all the way up until Inglorious Bastards, and he just right. he, he gets a bad rap as being difficult to work with um, and kind of a prima donna. But it's it's kind of like, but he's Mike Myers. Like he gets it. Look at the stuff that he writes. It's it's better than what you're hiring him to do. Let him have his moments. Do his thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of ego in uh, in Hollywood land, and uh, because of that, you get you know reputations. So, like, I didn't know that he he originally. So we all, I think we all know that Chris Farley uh, recorded like ninety percent of Shrek before he passed, and they brought Mike Myers in to to replace him. And Mike Myers recorded the entire movie in a Canadian accent, and then oh, really? went back. Yeah, and then went back and went. I think Scottish should be better. And they had to go through and reanimate so many scenes from Shrek One because it didn't match how mike was saying it like ogres have layers versus ogres have layers like there are different there's different faces for for those two sentences um so they had to go back and reanimate and they were they were pissed about it so but um yeah i mean i i don't know i i really i like spy who shagged me it's the same jokes in all three so they're kind of interchangeable i like the spy who shagged me because i really like um, what's her nuts? Heather Graham. It. Yeah, Heather Graham. I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big HG fan. But I like Liz Hurley though too, and, and Beyonce. I mean, they're they're all you know. Oh no, I, I I'm not talking nice about <laughs> I'm not talking about visually stunning. I like Heather Graham. Like I like Heather Graham as an actress. Like when she showed up in um, in Arrested Development season two, I believe is George Michael's um, replacement teacher, and she was like a huge fan of Saddam Hussein. Oh, I yeah. laughed my butt off because of how how funnily 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 we're gonna go with it. How, yeah, yeah. How how funnily she uh, she she played that role and and that humor and and so. 
I'm 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 usually yeah, a fan good. of everything that that she she is in. Um, I thought she was great in Boogie Nights. Um, well, know, yeah. Even without the nudity, like she was, she was just she was really good <clears throat> when she beats the crap out of that guy that she went to high school with with her roller skate. Oh yeah. So um, but I really like some of the Lorraine and Swingers. Yes, yeah, the little bit part like she had the there. Quiche? I really yeah, like that's a, that's the, a original the, joke. I really like the third one. I really like Goldmember for for its lines and its jokes. Like I like one and I like two. Two is two is definitely my favorite. But for right like overall, but for writing, Goldmember is my favorite. I think that um, that the it character. I think the character of Goldmember is is fantastic. I think hilarious. I think having Michael Caine in it. Uh, delivering those lines is fantastic, and I think oh, the yeah. flashback scenes with young Austin and young Evil are are really good. Oh, it's, and the casting of those two were perfect. Oh yeah, I mean it's got its flaws. Like it's it's not like I said it's not overall the better of of the three. I think the sequel definitely is. I think Spy Shag Me is, but um, it's the best one yet. I just think it's got the They're best all good, writing, though. and and that's why I think that that would be. And and you know how I'm a I'm a, a proponent. You you and I both I think are proponents of no unnecessary sequels, no reboots, uh, and no no remakes. You know unless they are improving. Which which is another psych reference. I just watched an episode where they they remade an episode from earlier seasons, and and they they go on a rant about why reboots and remakes are bad unless it's certain circumstances where they're improving upon the original. And anyway, but yeah, that is one that I think you could definitely do a sequel to and it would, it would hold water. I think that would be great. I think it would. I think you're wrong. I think that people our age and, and like our, your, your, your sister's age, your younger sister's age, my sister's age, they would appreciate it. But I think the, the the late teen early twenties crowd now would not get or or appreciate the the humor because as as weird as it sounds there there are a lot of slightly racist in 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 nowadays vernacular racist terms or racist um, moments that are funny like fuck me and fuck you like <laughs> yeah. that that would probably not get the laugh that it got the first time we saw it. So I, I don't, which is why I think you need to do that again. I think that, that, that the culture is way, way too sensitive and that you just, you, we need, we need to realize what comedy is. Comedy is something that, that makes you slightly uncomfortable and things are said that you're like, Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. But that was really funny. Like look at Richard Pryor. Pryor did not give a shit about what was politically correct and what he should be saying. He was just funny. Same with Lenny Bruce. Say, I mean, you look through the, the, the annals of comedy history and none of, George Carlin, none of those guys gave a rat's ass what was uh, offensive and not offensive. They just went for the laughs. And I think that's what we need in this country right now sorely is just laughs for the sake of laughs. And that, I think, was what made Austin Powers. And even at the time, I mean, at the time, the jokes were, you okay over there? Yeah, no, keep going. It's fine. I'm fine. 
You're fine. We're all fine. How are you? I this is when you shoot the panel. So anyway, that's that was. You, I don't even know what I was saying you're, anymore. You're, you're not far a... off. <laughs> um. To to to. I, I I. So with this quarantine thing, and I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know how to say it. I think this quarantine thing has been kind of a, a social reset for everybody. Um, the one thing that you're not seeing in the news or, or as much, at least in the news, are the, the, the social advocate warriors that are out there screaming on college campuses that there's, you know, X number of genders or that so-and-so's, you know, infringing on their rights by just existing or, you know, you don't, you don't, yeah. we don't have that currently because all the schools are closed, which is fantastic. But I also everybody's worry. Everybody's worried about a real danger, which is death. Yeah, which <laughs> that's real. I think in in times of of uh, relative peace and relative health and relative uh, we we you know, we com- manufacture comfort. things to get exactly. upset about. Exactly. And then we're like, hey, um, there's there's a potential deadly Chinese flu and everyone's like, yeah, but it's not going to come here. And then everyone orders everything off of Amazon from China. And then they're like, Hey, it's here. And it's in Washington yeah. state. And everyone's like, all right, two genders. We get that. It's a, it's a, it's an election year, but like, let's just hold off on being cray cray for a hot minute and let's do what we need to do just for a second. And then, you know, if, if, if this goes to September, then we'll start making noise again because that's going to be, you know, getting into primary months and, and, and voter turnout months. So, but like right. through the summer, let's just, let's just hot dogs and hamburgers and fireworks from inside of our house. Okay. And collectively right. everyone who's like 16 and older went, okay, we're going to put pause on crazy for a hot minute. That and everyone who has a mental illness is stuck inside now. <laughs> yeah. Too true. So, um, so in 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 for me for quarantine things that I've been watching I went back and, and rewatched um, Community, which I don't know if you ever watched that Dan Harmon's project. No, never saw it. So I, I definitely recommend it. So it's six seasons. Two of them are fantastic. Two of them are tolerable, and two of them are the worst. And they go in that really? order. Yeah. So the first and second. So the premise is, and this is this is my this is this is my argument for why it's it's like this. The premise is, is it's a bunch of um, adults and weird high school kids who go to a community college and they become friends through a fictitious study group that turns into a real study group. And they they follow this group of, of kids and, and adults through their the next six years. So sounds sounds OK. Right. And it's very pop culture heavy. They do a lot of. Um, like they do uh, an entire Star Wars spoof that turns into a spaghetti western spoof. The next episode, they're constantly using pop culture references and tropes and styles uh, in each one of the episodes. It. Like it is, it is right up your alley. You would absolutely love it. Now, here's my argument to why it, it gets worse progressively throughout the the years. Just like in regular the re- the real world, when you go to community college, it's only supposed to last two years and then you're supposed to move on. They don't. They extend it for four years. Now, I went to community, co- community college for four years because I went part time. And I will tell you, those last two years were they were college, but they were not what I needed for college. 
But if you're at year five and six and still in a two-year community college associate degree, you might want to put a bullet in your head because <laughs> it's no bueno. And and that's what happens. So you get through, like, I think it's season three, halfway through season four, and uh, Donald Glover leaves the show and they write off Chevy Chase because he made some racist comments. Um that he claimed he was allowed to make. Like, he basically said the N-word in front of uh, two African-American actors, and when they were like, what'd you say? He's like, it's okay, Richard Pryor said I could say it. And they immediately were like, yeah, this isn't 1984, Chevy. Um, Richard Pryor doesn't speak for an entire culture of people, and we don't know Richard. So it's not okay. I am offended. I don't think you should be using that language as an entitled rich white male uh, wasp from from Connecticut and um, yeah don't do it again and he got super pissy about it and the rocky relationship between the writing staff and creative staff of Dan Harmon and Chevy Chase which started from like day two of casting uh, just culminated in this giant n-word rant that Chevy Chase did on on uh, on set one day and and Harmon and the network were like you're out get out you're you're, you're done and that's why Chevy hasn't been in anything since <laughs> Well, but the show's really good. The first two okay. seasons you would absolutely love. Paintball is absolutely amazing. You would you would definitely dig the first two seasons. You would you would go through seasons three and four because it's still okay. But Dan Harmon leaves as well. Um, he gets fired actually from Community because the ratings kept dropping, and um, so he went on to do Rick and Morty. But that that was my binge. But you and I did play. Uh, a fun game yesterday and that turned into or that was because of the thing that we did last night which is also a inside reference to the thing that we did yes so uh the 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 oneaters oneaters the wonders uh got back together again they got I, the band back together i herdsman <laughs> that's right they uh so if you're not familiar, that thing you do is one of our favorite movies from the mid to late nineties. Nineteen ninety six was the release date. Filmed in ninety five. Yep. Uh, written and directed by one Tom Hanks. The COVID starring. Kid. <laughs> Sorry, you got COVID. Um, so starring Ethan Embry, Tom Everett Scott, Jonathan Sheck, and Steve Zahn, and, amongst others, and Liv Tyler, and Oba Babatunde. Which, and Howie Long. Again, best name in show business. Uh, yeah, great, great movie. One of our favorites. Super quotable. Uh, just a, and, and I don't know, because when we were talking about when this COVID thing started up, we were talking about movies that are just like feel-good movies that you can put on and just be in a better mood immediately. Yes. This is definitely one of those. Oh, films. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, they talked about that last night. They talked about how, you know, aside from Jimmy there's not really any bad guys in the movie and he's not even a bad guy. He's just like, it's a third, it's the close of the movie of the third act. Yeah. He's just, he, he make, he does a dick move that all musicians know that one guy who makes that dick move. And he makes a choice. It's like, it's like he decides what's important to him and he goes in that direction. So he's not really a bad guy. He's just, you know, he he deviates from the rest of the group. But so they did a, a, a zoom, reunion and a global uh watch party basically so 
you know, we all did a, a countdown hit play on the movie at the same time. And they did their, uh, their commentary and kind of reminisced about, um, about the film and, and Colin Hanks came in. And so he was there throughout the, the making of it and post-production and all of that and even had a bit part in it, mm-hmm. uh, as an usher taking, um, Liv Tyler's character up the stairs to their, their final gig. And, um, so he brought a lot of uh, color and insight to the conversation that I thought was pretty cool. Now, with um, with, with this this YouTube live session that they did of the Zoom session and the film, how did you uh, how, like what what was on what screen and and how did you how did you enjoy this? Because I did things a little weird. So what I did was I had the Zoom session on uh, on my laptop on a table just to the right of my seat. So it was like I could reach out and adjust the volume or whatever. So it was, it was right at my right hand and I had the movie on the big TV. So I could kind of see them together. The laptop was in the foreground, TV was in the background, but they were both in my line of sight. Yeah. So my laptop that I had from a few years ago is di- is dead because my dog destroyed it. So I just have an old iPad 3, my phone, and my TVs. Now, I was on YouTube looking for it because my original thought was they're going to play the movie in one cell and then the the four or five, because I thought Liv Tyler was going to be on too, the, the five people will be in the Zoom meeting and so I'll be, I just need one screen. Well, that wasn't the case. Now, I own this movie on uh, digital and or I, I should say I have a digital copy of this movie and I own it on uh, DVD. But I had the Zoom meeting queued up on my on my TV. So I actually went in and bought the movie for 15 bucks on Apple and watched it on my phone while I had the Zoom meeting up on the TV. And oh, okay. that was actually preferable because I know the movie so well. I didn't need a big version of it with all of the audio. I was more interested in what everyone had to say, and I was glad that I had the right. audio through that, and to be able to see like when Giovanni Ribisi popped up or or when Kevin Pollack popped in, like that was really yeah, cool. Yeah, great. Yeah, I had uh, I had headphones on one ear, so I kind of I was I, I was pumping the audio from the commentary into one ear, and I had the movie audio in kind of in the background because, like you, I mean, I've seen the movie a million times. It wasn't you know. Yeah. I know what they're going to say, and I know the music and all that stuff. So that was kind of secondary to the the commentary from from the guys. And they were also, you know, they were raising money for um, music cares, for a COVID charity, music cares. Yeah, because the uh, the guy who wrote the song was from Fountains of Wayne. I can't remember his name. Adam Adam Schlesinger. Yes, and. Schlesinger. Uh, and uh, he had he passed away like a week or so ago. So they were they were auctioning off a a, a vinyl pressing uh, of of the, the first song. pressing. Yeah, because it's never been released on vinyl, as far as I know. No, I think it was just the one song, wasn't it? Because there was no well, I don't know. There was no artwork for it, but it looked like it was a forty-five. I I don't know. I didn't I didn't go on and look it up, but um, it was like two grand by the time the movie was done. As, as, and they're keeping it open for another seven days. So another week, yeah, yeah. I, I would say definitely take a look at you know musiccares.com um, for the COVID relief if you're interested in something like that. If you want to bid on it, I don't know that the eight people who listen to the show want to spend over two grand on a, a vinyl record. I think I'm the only person who would even contemplate that, and even I think that's crazy. 
crazy. I was gonna say I was gonna say is that out of your, a little out of your price range. Yeah, I think the most I ever spent on a record was one hundred and ten dollars. Wow, to me that's crazy. It, it but... uh, trust me, I didn't want to, but it was something where they're like. I talked to a bunch of people, and they're like, this is never going to get released on, on vinyl. So if you want a vinyl copy, you have to buy the original. And I was like, mother duck. So, <laughs> yeah. But so the, in the in the in-between, and so I, I do want to preface this with, like, you and I both know how serious the, the, the COVID-19 pandemic is and, and how tragic it is that, you know, all of these individuals have, have perished throughout the world and, and that it is truly a global problem and that we're not trying to make light of that situation. However, when they announced that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson had uh, been quarantined for COVID, I think my first text response to you was, they better not take Tom. Like I, I do not, I can't live in a world yeah. where Tom Hanks dies in Australia. Um, and so when, when he recovered, we had kind of made a joke about, you know, that, that he was the COVID kid cause he, he had survived and, and it was back in the U S now, even though he didn't show up for the zoom meeting. Um, you know, he did, he did give a, a little, like he watched, I guess. And, and Colin said that he gave a little hello to everybody. But we had a yeah, fun game little, over text. Mr. White, shout out. Yeah, we had a fun game over text about Tom Hanks movies if they were to remake them after the pandemic is over and what they would be called. And I was, <laughs> I was wondering if we could we, uh... we could share a few of them with with the audience if you'd if you'd like to start. Oh yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I need to go back to our text thread. Yeah, see, I deleted them, so I I I have to remember in my in my head. In my heart, well, COVID. So you for, you forgot about you forgot that it was at seven o'clock Eastern time, and so I reminded you. And the the, the said, live stream was at seven o'clock. Yeah, I was on the way. I was on my way correct. home at five. So I said I would love it if Hanks made a surprise appearance, and you said Tom Hanks, the COVID kid, uh, and then I said King Corona. And then you said Joe versus the Corona Volcano, which kind of spurred on the whole game that we played. This is kind of how we do things. We now, just let it roll. Now, I do want to say that obviously the better choice for that movie title is Joe versus the Corona Cano. But I was driving, yeah, and true. so I was doing it through my radio, and it would not pick that up. So so there, I'm sure there are some texts that are, are a little bit not what... I anticipated or, or wanted the original idea to be that that came through, but yeah. Do you want to do yeah. you want to go through and do a a quick little little rundown? Because <laughs> yeah, so, I thought uh, they were all very just funny. Just we'll just go over a few of them because because uh, some of them did not land. Um, well, even the one that I out. the one that I said well, and there's the line. I didn't mean it as like you've crossed the line. I just meant like there's the line where it's not funny anymore. <laughs> Yeah, right. And then it became well, we funny again. I, I think I peaked at the one. So, uh, uh, ventilator and hooch. Uh, <laughs> so, social distancing bachelor party. Six feet away from Private Ryan. Uh, the 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 terminal patient. Um, uh. <laughs> saving Mr. Banks after fourteen days in quarantine. Charlie Wilson's war against going outside. Um, that hand you wash, I think, was, was one of my favorite ones. <laughs> uh, Apollo fourteen days of quarantine. Uh, uh, a beautiful, a beautiful day in quarantine. Uh, asymptomatic in Seattle. 
and then, and then the one that almost made you drive off the road twice. You got COVID. You've got just the way that Siri read that to me because it's like Jason Lear says you've got COVID. <laughs> And I, I was laughing and coughing, oh. I laughing and coughing and laughing and coughing. I almost went off the road twice. Oh, that was, it was pretty fantastic. Oh, sleepless intensive care. You said um, <laughs> the Fauci code was. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, this this one was kind of a stretch, but I got a, I got a kick out of it. Ready to kill my bosom buddy after after quarantine. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so you. You came back with a funny line, like a quote, after I gave you my idea for another title. My idea was a respirator of their own. And you said, there's no crying in the ICU. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So let's see. And and then we couldn't think of anything for Forrest Gump. So we, we, like, we were like, all right, that's pretty much it. Oh, but then I came back with the COVID Express. The COVID <laughs> Express was funny. Um, what what I was the last one we did. So I did I did one that I think crossed uh, a line, but you didn't call me on, which was uh, a remake of the movie Philadelphia, but just call it Wuhan. And, um, oh, Wuhan, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <coughs> and that was I think a little I a little insensitive because it's in, it's insensitive. Oh, geez, they're all insensitive. <laughs> Let's be real. But um, we 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 do kind of, or at least I do, and I'm I'm sure you would echo the sentiment. We do see that once this is is over and as a few years in the past, that we're going to start getting more movies like Outbreak, um, in the in, in coming out of Hollywood land. We're going to oh, get sure. pandemic I'm, crisis movies. I'm I I bet that they're already being written. Actually, I bet you that they're already taking movies that had nothing to do with global pandemic i'm sure like there'll be a fast and the furious movie where there's a, another virus that they have to go after because they already did that but i'm sure that they'll, they'll do it again i'm sure that you know there'll be a transformers bumblebee sequel movie where there's you know the imminent threat of you know sars or i mean it, it, they'll work it into existing movies that that'll be coming out um just because it's topical and they can make a buck off of it which is sad um but that's just that's the way you know that's the way the world works. We had remember in the '90s we did we went through all those disaster movies because everyone thought 1999 was going to be the end of the world, and so you had like oh, volcano, yeah. um, and volcano. Deep Impact. Yeah. De- oh yeah. Deep Impact Armageddon, and then the, the actual movie End of Days with the and uh, Bless the Child was another one about the return of the devil, like because it was just in the in the the zeitgeist of of you know the the era. Um, I think I used that word correctly, era. Um, <laughs> so, and then we had, you know, uh, the, the end of the world stuff again came out like 2012 for, for the 2012 Mayan calendar thing. They, they did some disaster movies there. I think they actually did a movie called disaster movie. Um, yeah. With the rock maybe. I don't remember, but yeah, no, it's that just, was, uh, skyscraper. Oh, the skyscraper. That's right. Disaster movie was a um, was a spoof movie. Dude, did you read that uh, Kevin Smith is going to incorporate the coronavirus pandemic into the Mallrats sequel, Mallrats three? Mall, Mallrats two. two? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's fine. Kevin's Kevin Smith can is he? Here's the deal with Kevin Smith. We've done a a show or two on him already. 
he's fine. I like him. I like all of his movies for the most part. I don't have problems yeah. with them. Um, but he's going to do whatever he wants to do, and nobody's going to care. Because he's Kevin Smith, and they're just like, take him fart jokes. Nobody cares. And, right. you know, he spits a little bit of truth and knowledge at, at people, and they're like, yeah, well, but take him fart jokes. So I say let Kevin do whatever the hell he wants to at this point. He gets a free pass. And we'll love it. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll tolerate it at least. No, we will love it, and but we will have, you know, fair criticisms of it, which I think Kevin is so – he's so self-aware that any criticism that his fans have of his work, he's pretty much got himself too. But he just – he shrugs and goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so, yeah, no, I, I saw Tusk. I, I saw what I saw what he looked right. like in, uh, in that prosthetic suit, and I went, <laughs> well, we're, we're too far into Quinn now. <sighs> oh, that's good pop and crackle. Uh, All right, so we gonna get into our uh, our thing here. Or? Yeah, we're only like thirty five minutes into the show. Um, yeah. yeah, so we it, and this was kind of born. There's uh, no way we're doing the whole thing either, dude. My t- yeah, <laughs> gonna die. Yeah, well, well, we'll see. We'll see how far we get with this. So yesterday, yeah. or like a week ago, I came up with the idea because there was no March Madness in March because there was literal March Madness um, that we should do March Madness. And and there was no you know April uh, fantastic fantastic four there's no fantastic four in April <laughs> um, final four in April so I I thought we should come up with with brackets and we should do a superhero and or pop culture uh, uh, versus uh, bracket episode and so I had you pick twenty I picked twenty and I put them in uh, I put them in brackets and randomized them. Uh, and then we subbed in some alternates where it made sense, and and so now we're gonna go through uh, the the first uh, sixteen versus sixteen, and uh, and and argue who the winners are gonna be on here, and we're gonna try to make it and through we'll all link, of them. Yeah, and we'll link all of this so you can follow along with our brackets as we talk them through. I think what I might do is um, I might do a PDF of this. Um, after the after the first round, when we get down to the one, two, three, four, five, so the sixteen, yeah, because we're at thirty two now. So when we get down to the to the final sixteen, is that what they call it in sports? I don't know. Go sports. Um, then I'm, I'll, I'll do a, I'll do a PDF and, and throw it up on on some of the social media sites, maybe if I remember. I'm probably not gonna do it. Yeah, you won't I'll, remember. I'll try. Actually, we could put it on the website probably. Eh. There you go. Okay. Be a social media person. Yeah, we do. Well, we have Robin, but we just haven't told her that she's got the job yet. Yeah. yeah so way. we need some. We need a person Thanks to tell Robin up. that uh, that she's got the job, and then give her all yeah. the passwords that we can't remember. So. Oh, we suck at life. Yeah. Well, you know, could be worse. All right. So where are we starting? So I, my thing was like, let's just. I don't know how the the normal sports works. Um, but I was just going to say my half of the board is, is the left half. That's the side I can see first, uh, just go, um, the top two and just work our way to the bottom. Cause they're already bracketed right. out and what's good, what's going to be there. So, um, the first round is the, the, this number one, uh, is Kenny McCormick from South Park versus Captain Marvel, uh, from the MCU. The other rule that we're doing, and I, I need to put this out there before we get a crap load of comments is that. When we come up to somebody, it's, you know, like, like I have Superman in, in my list. It's not the comic book Superman because I don't read comic books. You're, you don't really read comic books. We, we have in the past, but we don't keep up with them. So this Superman is going to encompass Smallville, um, 
It's going to encompass George Reeves, Christopher Reeves, Brandon Routh, and Henry Cavill, Superman characters from the movies. So whatever their powers are from mm-hmm. the movies and TV shows are the and powers Dean they Kane. have. Oh, yeah, and, and Dean Kane. So yeah, just ba- it's basically a meta Superman. It is the 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 uh, um, what do you call that? Um, a composite. It's a composite Superman encompassing all of them, except for the basically. ones in print because we don't read those. And then it'll be the same thing with like Optimus Prime. Like it's not going to be Beast Wars Optimus Prime. It's going to be from the movies and from the cartoon. Like that's it. Yeah. Right. So, but uh, okay. So first, Kenny McCormick versus Captain Marvel. My thought originally was, well, Captain Marvel is gonna is gonna obliterate Kenny McCormick, right? Yeah. But Kenny McCormick has uh, he he doesn't die. Like he dies, he but he comes die. back to life. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. so I'm like, all you have to do is roll credits start the next episode and he's back again. Yeah. So I would feel like Captain Marvel would would, you know, first come down and be like, "Oh, hey little guy." And um and I think that that Kenny would pull out some sort of weapon from the poorhouse and and smack her in the knee with it and she would punch and or kick him so hard that he would fly you know, to the other side. Oh, what's the what's the parameters of of the arena that they're in? What do we say it was Oh, okay. Yeah, so we talked about uh, so if if these characters are battling each other, what are the parameters of the battle? And so we had gone everywhere from completely open world to uh, from cage match to completely open world, and we decided to go with this. We're on an island. It's a fictional uh, Manhattan-like island that's about ten by ten square. Uh, it's 10 film, bur- 10 it's film burrito square. island, right? Film burrito island, yes, um, and. We have a 500-foot dome over top of it, much like uh, one of the Hunger Games events that they did. So you can you can drive. There is wooded area. There, so you've got a variety of different uh, environments there. There's cityscape. But, yeah, cityscape. Um, it is inhabited. Okay, not like there are people densely inhabited, but there are people. Um, so we have to take that into consideration as well. But it's not like Superman can fly into, you know, whatever. Now, I know the other and, argument is going to be, well, couldn't Superman bust out of the dome? No, the dome is a composite of everybody's weakness. So there's everyone's a th- weakness. thin layer of kryptonite. There's a thin layer of arsenic. There's a thin layer of antimatter. There's a thin layer of... You, basically, what we're saying is they're confined to this 500-foot ceiling. That That is it. Right. Wonder Woman cannot hop in her. Uh, her and honestly, and 500 feet is a little bit too much, too, for our non-flight characters. The, the, the flying character would just need to go hang out up there. Well, we'll get to that, I'm sure. So, okay. so Kenny, <laughs> Kenny and Captain Marvel, I would say. I would say Kenny's going to win that. But again, he can he can resurrect every time he's destroyed. All he's got to do is wait out Captain Marvel. He, he just rope dopes. So, so and until she, she dies, get tired of killing him until she now. So let me ask you this. Cause we did not, we did not obviously did not think this all the way through. I thought we did a good job, but I've got so many questions now. Is it a fight to the death or is it a fight to the win? It's a fight to the win. Okay. I would say Captain Marvel. Cause I thought it would be a fight uh, to the death. Captain Marvel forfeits. Well, that's, I don't she, think we she can keeps killing Kenny. He keeps resurrecting and she's like, I give up. I'm out. 
Okay, so then it is a fight. These are all fights to the death and or tap out. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So fight to the pain. <laughs> fight, well, just until they get tired of it. Because I was going to say, everyone who is a hero on here is not going to... Dude, tell me you got that reference. Kill. I didn't. To the pain? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's it's Princess Bride. Oh, jeez. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Oh, all right. That's your mission. That's your, that your COVID I, mission. You I've have to rewatch it. that. I've seen it. That's fine. It's it's a good Watch movie. Again. Anybody want a peanut? Like, I like it. I like Andre <laughs> the Giant in it. Um, Watch it again. Okay. So that's right. my pick. I pick Kenny. I, I I agree with you. I think that it, I think it would be Kenny. I think that the wait out um, does definitely work there. I don't think that Kenny comes away unscathed um, at, by any means at all. I think that I I think that Captain Marvel does some damage to him, but uh, I I do ultimately think that she gives up and just goes in Captain Marvel somewhere. That's right. You killed Kenny. You bastard. Okay, there so let's go. let's jump the aisle over to your side now. And who do okay. we have up for the uh, for the first the first bow? Uh, hold on. Let me get there. Let me get there. <laughs> All right, you tell me because I can't scroll over. <laughs> Why can't you scroll over? I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. Okay. Uh, it's the Dukes of Hazard. so Bo and oh, Luke and Coy and Vance, apparently, um, and maybe Uncle Jesse and Daisy uh, versus sure. the A-Team. And Enos. <laughs> the A-Team has Enos? <laughs> no. Dukes. Oh, the Duke. I was going right. to say, I thought he was in the Dukes of Hazzard. Why would he? Why would he defect? But... So this is a tough one for me. Because it's, not, it's not at all. So Dukes, it's not for you? All right, no. I'll tell you, all right, I'll tell you why it is for me, and then you can you can jump in. So uh, A-Team is ex-military, so you would think that they're going to win. Uh, but they both have awesome vehicles, so their battle, I think, would have a lot of chase uh, aspect to it. Um. The Dukes also too. Like if you look historically, they were, they were wily. They were cunning. So they would, uh, they would employ uh, disguises. For example, they would, um, they would get people to work with them unwittingly. Um, so I don't know. I think this would be a, a, a tough. A tough battle. You tell me why you think it wouldn't be a tough battle. Because A team is ex military. I think Face goes in and uh, plants a bomb in the General Lee and uh, as like a spy and gets out. I think that um, that they, they they come up with a plan and the plan executes and works. And I think they destroy all of the Dukes when they when they get around the General Lee. Or I think that as the General Lee is driving away and, and, and makes the, the jump and the A-Team van slides sideways to a stop, they open the door and Baraka's out there with a frickin' either machine gun or a grenade launcher and blows them up midair. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I just, I I just see... don't see. I see the Dukes running away a lot and like throwing flaming moonshine. Uh, and maybe some bows and arrows because they don't use guns. Even in the films, uh, they don't use guns. Oh, they used guns. They don't use guns. They used guns. No, it was a kids show. They did. They didn't use guns, but their uncle was an illegal moonshiner, 
and they would shoot uh, lit sticks of dynamite off of their arrows. Yeah, I like, mean, that's that, that's all that they have is lit sticks of dynamite and like flammable moonshine bombs. But small health cocktails and 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 uh, and uh, Robin Hood uh, syndrome there. I would, I would say, a team is going to ultimately win, but I think the Dukes would put up a hell of a fight. Yeah, I mean, just for the simple fact that, like, we'll talk about the you know sticks of dynamite on an arrow. If if the A team van is full of armaments, if full of weapons, full of explosives, you get one accurately placed flaming arrow into that van the damn thing's gonna explode game over so i would say that it would be a close competition but ultimately a team would win out well i i agree that the a team would just would, due to their military training i i i i agree yes okay back to my side here and we... i will find i will i will go back and watch dukes of hazard and show you that they did use guns okay go go ahead and do that uh, movies included. Not primarily. It wasn't their it wasn't their primary thing. But yeah, they did use it. I don't ever you remember. Get your flesh. Hmm. Okay. Um Bartleby and Loki from from uh Dogma from versus Dogma, the Angels, yeah. Yeah, versus Optimus Prime. So both seemingly wow. immortal, right? I mean they've been around forever in a day. Uh Loki yeah. and Bartleby were angels. We're going to assume that they are still angels. Um, we're going to go, yeah, Bartleby and Loki, like, in their prime uh, versus Optimus Prime in, their Optimus in his prime. prime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't, I mean, I don't know because Optimus Prime is a massive robot. And I think he would see Bartleby and Loki as humans originally and want to protect them until... Loki draws the flaming sword and Bartleby, you know, rips his shirt open, releasing his, his massive wings and starts flying around, uh, dropping things on Optimus Prime. But I don't think Optimus Prime kills them. Right, right. Because he's got that robot morality. <laughs> <laughs> just like just like you. Yeah, that's right. I have morality. Um yeah, see, see, I think with with Bartleby and Loki, they've got the supernatural aspect to them, uh, and the uh, the um, celestial, but um, but they do have weakness as well as we saw in Dogma. All you got to do is chop off their wings, and they're human again. Right. So, okay, what he could do if he if Optimus didn't want to kill them, what he could do is chop their wings off, make them human, and then take them to jail, for example. Okay. Um, yeah. No shit. So, I forgot about that. And and Optimus has that giant sword that he uses, and not just the yeah. gun. So it would make it easier for him to do. Fuck! I thought that was going to be a lot better. No, I think you're ah, right. See? I think Optimus wins that one. Son of a bitch! All right, let me throw Optimus in here. See, we're we're trucking along. We're we're not we're not taking too long on here. So well, here's where the fun part comes in. We've already got our second round, uh, first second round matchup, which is going to be Kenny McCormick versus Optimus Prime. Which is gonna be <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. And I have to fight the temptation to not think about that matchup right now because I'm already running things through my brain. Well, which is fine okay. because we have a really good one. This would, this is the, well, not that the Dukes and the A team weren't equally matched with the the size and number of individuals in the vehicles, but Jason Bourne versus John McClane. 
this is a, this great a good one. matchup. This is a great one because you've got two dudes, uh, one from uh, Treadstone. So you've got a, a special agent slash assassin slash whatever. And then you've got uh, the luckiest NYPD. cop in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckiest or unluckiest, depending upon how you're looking at it, because that dude had a pension for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, but he survived but, all the time and came out on top and had great lines. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So. Um, I don't know, man. This is Yippee Kaye, Karen Baskins, Carol Baskins. <laughs> That's isn't that the isn't that the edit that Carol they Bas- do? <laughs> Hans, Hans, Yippee Kaye, Carol Baskins killed her husband. Ho ho ho! Now I have sardine oil. Ugh. <laughs> I. Uh, so gun to my head, I have to give Jason Bourne the upper hand. He definitely has special ops, military, advanced tactical training that John McClane doesn't. But I think, well, I was going to say I'd give John McClane more of the spur of the moment decision making credit. But really, Jason Bourne and anyone in the Bourne program has that adaptability as well. Yeah, I think so. So far, this is the toughest one because I I don't have I don't know, man. Because like you look at the Die Hard movies, he employed everything. So if he he had if he didn't have a weapon, he would find something to use. No, um, but that's okay. But then so Bourne was the same point. way. That's a no. This didn't, is a good Bourne, point. Didn't Bourne defeat a guy with a rolled up newspaper? Yes. So, so you've got that adaptability. They both were, um, you know, they they used disguises. Uh, they, I don't know, man. This is a tough matchup. They didn't both use disguises. John McClane just called himself by a different name. I mean, that's not really a disguise. Born yeah, at but least. He would also, you know, he, born wore a hat and sunglasses. Just concealing yourself. Yeah, and yeah. like putting a hood up. I think what it comes down to, I think that Jason Bourne is a better weapons expert, but putting them in this scenario with having to find weapons in this, on this fictional Island, it's going to come, it's going to come down to more of a MacGyver situation. What can you make that becomes a weapon? And I think that they're probably pretty equally matched on there. Again, Bourne might have more of an upper hand with the tactical training, but I think what it's going to come down to is hand to hand combat. And McLean is a bruiser, whereas Bourne is trained. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like John McLean is heavy fisted, you know, and just is a puncher. He's gonna punch himself out. Whereas Bourne is gonna be able to absorb body blows, he's gonna be able to to fight back, and he's got some additional martial arts training that's yeah, gonna allow think about him all to all the body blows that John McLean took. <laughs> just think about the first two movies, not not even going into the later movies where he was a much older guy. Yeah. But you also have to remember like a beaten John McClane's not going to have shoes. So his feet are going to be all bloodied up. That's true. Well, no, he, he had shoes in the other movies here. I'm going to give Jason Bourne the edge. And here's why in the Bourne movies, he had no allies. Everybody was against him. He had Treadstone against him. He had local authorities against him. Um, he had everybody but, uh, you know, the chick in the first movie. Or, Julia, or like he had Julia one Stiles? Person, 
Julius, right? He had Julius Styles. Um, he had one person that he could depend on. John McClain, he at least had, uh, you know, NYPD in the second movie. Um, the first one, he was kind of against everybody, but he still he had, had support uh, Al. from Al. Yeah. And Argyle. And Argyle. Um, <laughs> the other thing, too, is later... that, you know, Jason Bourne didn't really have a weakness in the sense that he had amnesia. And and so when it wasn't until he fell in love, and it wasn't Julia Stiles in the first movie. I was wrong. She was the Julia she was the, the Treadstone movie. or a CIA handler or whatever. Yeah, it was it was whatever the the um that the the Ukrainian or Russian woman or whatever that that ends up dying in the in the beginning of the second movie for Bourne. But so Bourne doesn't. But but if we're looking at just like episode or series one, Jason Bourne versus um, Nakatomi Plaza. McLean. We're looking at. Uh, I'm just gonna skip <laughs> that over that. Name. I'm gonna skip over that. That go bless you. Um, I I think that Bourne has nothing to. He has no weakness because he has no family that he can remember. True. And McLean is McLean's constantly well, and his wife was in Nakatomi. It wasn't even that the right. kids were there. I mean, yeah, the the kids end up getting put on TV because of the of the. Uh, the media, but if we're just looking at the fact that his wife was in Nakatomi Plaza versus Jason Bourne had nobody to sort of, you know, make him rethink his his situation or what he was doing, I think that that, that is a, a huge detriment to McLean uh in, in fighting. True. Whether the now are are there families and loved ones on this island? Like is is Lois Lane gonna be on this island somewhere as well? Because that's that's a huge, you know, Jimmy Olsen hanging out taking a photo somewhere, because those are those I'm are gonna huge. Say no. Let's see, those are those are huge, you know, uh, things. Because if if that's the case, then we have to take that away from McLean and say he's got he's got nobody, you know, in peril. It's just him versus Bourne, and I then I give it to Bourne still, but just for fighting. Yeah, I still give it to Bourne too. Yeah, and I think that Bourne's got he's got a, an ability to, and even if it's not his own ability, like Treadstone kind of programmed it into him to disconnect. So, like, let's do the um, uh, Die Hard Three uh, scenario where they had a bomb in a school. I think that Bourne would he he might not necessarily want to, but I think at the end of the day, he could more easily walk away from that than John McClane could. Oh, I I agree. I agree as well because he wasn't a cop; he was a, a an agent. Yeah, and he was he was basically like brainwashed by Treadstone. So, yeah. like, if if they programmed him to walk away from a school full of kids that was about to be blown up, he would do it. McLean could not do that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. All right, so we're both and in we, agreement that that Bourne would win that one out. Yeah, definitely. See, now we've got Bourne versus the A-Team, and that's going to be a good matchup next week. That's going to be good. Or two weeks, depending on if we get through all these or not. Um, and I highly doubt we're going to. Next up. It's a long list. I don't know. Now, we're, we're flying through. We're already we're already two fights in. So we're uh, the next one for me is going to be Ray Skywalker. So not Ray, no name, but Ray at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, where she's all, you know, content with being alone. Um, and versus she fully grasped her powers and fully, yeah, that's the other thing, fully formed. Um, versus Lauren Scott, who's Lauren Scott? You, you might say. Me, yes, you had to remind me who Lauren Scott was. 
So I thought that this was a very clever um, inclusion on my list because she's uh, an empowered female character from an action movie. She's played by Reese Witherspoon, and she is the love interest or to be love interest of both Captain Kirk and Bane in the form of uh, uh, two rogue CIA or two CIA agents, not rogue. Sorry, that's important. Uh, in the movie, this means war. And my thought and, process, and Tom Hardy. Yeah, my thought process uh, on this was. Lauren is not does not have any fighting prowess. She she's she is is a functional adult at best. She goes to work. She's unlucky in love. She's super attractive. But her superpower is that she has these two men who will move heaven and earth to find a way to protect this woman. And she never gets hurt during any of their excursions and or dates. So she's ultimately the luckiest person out there. So that was my that was my logic for for bringing her in. Um, now we're putting her against fully formed Jedi. She dies within seconds. <laughs> she dies very very quickly. Because yeah, not only I, is Rey a fully formed Jedi, she's also a fully formed uh, Sith potential. Because she has Force lightning ability. Now here's another question. I'm going to throw this at you, and we may or may not be able to answer this. So, um. So in, in episode nine, we were introduced to the concept of the dyad. So you had the uh, the Jedi and the Sith, or the two Jedi, whatever it is, but two Force sensitives who are connected. Are they only those two? Like, is it, do you have like a, a, a Force soulmate where you are a dyad, but it's only that one? Or is it, you know, some Jedi slash Sith have that ability and you can connect what, like so no, we no. know that spoilers, uh, Kylo Ren is dead or Ben Solo is dead, so he's gone. So can that that dyad cannot be completed by another force sensitive, or was it only him? So here's my thought on here. First, I think we know the answer to this because I think it was given to us in the film. Um, force dyads are very rare, and Palpatine comes out and says that. Um, cause he's, oh, a uh, force dyad. Haven't seen that in a million years. <laughs> Haven't seen that for a fortnight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a force dyad. Haven't seen that for years. So, so you, he's, he's aware, he's aware of that they exist, but only in lore. And, um, I have to assume that based on the, the setup from Last Jedi, that, that the, the, prime jedi the first jedi and that weird mosaic on the floor with the yin yang sort of feel to it that they that the first jedi and the first sith were a dyad as well my thought process though is that when kylo brings ray back to life he transfers his full life energy into her and she is no longer a dyad she is one with the force and she has Ben and her ability or her. Oh. The, the So she's she is no longer a dyad or she, you know, her and Ben were a dyad. But I mean, she was an independent person. She she didn't have the force because Ben had it because they never met. They were just connected in a different way than, say, Luke and Anakin or Anakin and, and Luke or Luke and Anakin. Right. Um, right. No, like like Pal- like Palpatine and, and Anakin 
were were not a connected dyad. They were they were students, uh, a student master, and and none of the Jedi. They were all student masters as well. So I think that because the two of them were independent of one another, flip sides of the coin, that they were the the embodiment of the new prime Jedi and new prime Sith to restart, you know the 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 philosophy or the religion or whatever you you call it. Um, so, but it. I think I think that I think Lauren Scott's dead. Yeah, yeah. Either either way, <laughs> either way, Lauren Scott's dead. She gone. We either allow the two CIA agents into the the island. Uh, to to run amok and Ray shoots their planes out of the sky with force lightning, or she just takes Lauren Scott's head off. Actually, I don't think Lauren Scott's dead. I think Lauren Scott looks at Ray and goes, "I'm prettier than this bitch." And Ray goes, "Right, you might be." And then she pulls out her double-ended lightsaber, <laughs> uh, yellow lightsaber, and Lauren Scott's like, "Oh look, shoes!" And she immediately goes to to being what Bunny uh, or whatever her name is from Legally Blonde. Like she just yeah, switches right. or like, El to, Woods. yeah, Elle Woods. That's what it was. Bunny. Jesus. Um, she dressed like a bunny. That's what yes, it was. The, the one scene that sticks out in your head from the movie. And I, it's not that I even thought it was because she was attractive. I thought it was just because it was funny. Like it's a costume party, but then it wasn't. Um, so anyways, we're in agreement. Ray Skywalker completely decimates uh, Lauren Scott. Not even a competition on that one. Now here... Here is an interesting one on your side. Again, I, I like the how yours stacked up because, again, we kind of did these as random as we could. Uh, Tyler Durden versus Indiana Honus Jones III, Jr. William Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Stifler. Um, yeah, this one, this one's going to be tough, dude, because... I mean, you, you look through the Indiana Jones movies, that dude kept licking and kept on ticking. He was the Timex of the uh, of the Archaeological Society. Agreed. Um, but Tyler Durden as well. Not Tyler Durden that, is but... a fictional character. It doesn't really exist. <laughs> well, Indiana Jones doesn't die. No, no, no. I mean, like, in the premise of the universe that he inhabits, oh, 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 meaning... Tyler Durden yeah. does not exist. Well, He's the I narrator's mean, other personality. Yeah, well, I mean, but technically the, he exists. He yeah. exists in the mind of uh, Edward Norton. Well, and, and but, the, um, like, the things that he does are done, you know, like it's it's Tyler Durden's personality inhabiting the narrator's body. So, that, you know, it's it's just Ed Norton. It's not I don't like when we're when we're thinking about this, I don't want to be thinking about Brad Pitt and his stature in in the film. I, I think we need to understand that it, it really was Ed Norton doing everything, including the fighting. Not that Eddie Norton's was not in peak shape. Um, but it's it's Ed Norton's body with Tyler Durden's swag is who Tyler Durden right. really is. But you have to remember that everything that, that Tyler Durden did in that movie, Edward Norton did. Right, right. That's what was, I'm saying. He was in his body. So like all of the fights that he won and all of the asses that he kicked were through Edward Norton. So, yeah. And he was pretty jacked in that movie. Let's let's be real. I mean, oh, I, I had him edged out, but. Norton was pretty yoked. Yeah, um, I mean, he wasn't like American History X stacked, but like he was, he was fit. Yeah. So what? Who do you who do you think in this one? So I honestly, I think that it becomes. Um, I think that this is one that would go fight to the death because I feel like the the mentality of Tyler Durden would be that this this old man's not going to give up. Because even if we're talking indie from indie four, where he's older and slower. He's not going to give up. 
Um, and so it be, it's going to have to be a fight to the death. And I think that Tyler attempts to beat the crap out of him. I think that Indy ultimately survives because he drank from the cup of Christ and he has infinity one ups. Uh, yeah, but don't forget that the power of, uh, what, what did they say? The, the power of infinite youth only, um, the, 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 the um, uh, the limit of infinite youth was the seal in the tomb. No, the cup cannot be taken from the seal. Or the, the cup can't pass the seal. That's the bounds of immortality. But drinking from the cup grants everlasting life. Now, whether that's everlasting spiritual life or physical life, we don't know. But we do know that the night was over a thousand years old. So you would have to assume that he can't die. Or maybe it's just he can't die of natural causes, but if someone runs him through, no, because they, they Sean Connery had that bullet in his belly, and they, they wiped that clean with peroxide and a handy wipe. So. And he died. And then he died, because when you watch Crystal oh, Skull... Oh, but he, he didn't he drink did from the cup, though. No, he did. He, he did. No, he didn't. He didn't drink from the cup because he tried to get his dad to drink and he couldn't. And so Indy pours it on the wound three times. And the third time he empties the entire cup. He did both. He drank and he poured it on the wound. So either way, either way, take that completely out of the the equation. I still think Indy is going to take it. And here's why he is highly intelligent and he can, he can like look at his surroundings. Oh, he has a gun. Indy has a Indy gun. Has a gun. <laughs> they both that. have a gun, though. Oh, shit, yeah. So, gun, uh, physical, fighting skills, tenacity, uh, stamina, the ability to take a punch, uh, multiple punches. I'm still going to give it to Indy because I think that he's got the smarts to, like, Tyler Durden. He's just basically got, if he doesn't have his Project Mayhem team, he's just himself, and all he's got is his his brute force. But Indy, I think he's going to look around and be like, okay, well, if I take this, uh, if, I, if I dislodge this brick from the corner of this building, it'll fall on Tyler and kill him. You know what I mean? Like, he's got that, that mental capacity where I think that he could use his surroundings to get an edge up on Tyler. It would be a close battle. But ultimately, I think Indy would win. Not that I'm saying that you're wrong on this, but let me play devil's advocate. So I think that Tyler Durden's greatest strength was his manipulation ability. Right. Okay. So Tyler Durden hates the hates the government. He's an anarchist. Right. Mm-hmm. And we know that Indiana Jones, although he works for the government, is not necessarily a fan of them because of his past experiences with the Ark of the Covenant and with uh, the the you know the was a Crystal Skull like like he he's he's very pro like USA but he's very like anti big government and he already has been brainwashed once by drinking the Black Death of or Black Blood of Death or whatever in the in Temple of Doom so what if Tyler doesn't come up to Indiana Jones and and just try beating the shit out of him. What if Tyler comes up to him and he starts giving him the spiel first? We are the unwanted, you know, unwashed, huddled masses of your generation. We are the. And what if what if Tyler's able to turn Indy? 
never happened. I know. I well, and I, I, I think you're right with that. But I was just kind of trying to play devil's advocate because I think ultimately Indiana Jones, even at his his worst, when he becomes like Bizarro Indy, he's and, and does some pretty heinous things. He he knows right from wrong, and and when he gets woken up by the fire, he immediately snaps out of it. Yeah, all he had to do was have short round tell him he loved him. Yeah, well, and burn him with the <laughs> and fire. He, and burn him with the fire. Yeah. And also, too, you had you had Tyler who gives that speech about, um, you know, um, we're a, a what does he say something about a, a society raised by mothers whose dads were absent and blah blah blah. I think you could have gotten Indy with that prior to Last Crusade, but after he you know rekindles his relationship with his dad, I don't think he would have that as a uh, Achilles heel. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, so we're both in agreement. Indy's gonna Indy's gonna take Tyler Durden. Tough fight though. Oh yeah, this would this would not be a, a Lauren Lauren whatever her name Lauren Hutton. What was her name? Thor, like, Lauren Lauren Scott. Yeah, but I do have my not next even. one is uh, is equally I think as as compelling, uh, and I don't know which way it would go. Uh, my next two are Dominic Toretto versus El Mariachi himself. Oh, see, this one's going to be tough too. Because El Mariachi has the guitar case and can call on his his other two friends who are now dead, um, and he does have somebody that he's working with. But Dominic Toretto is all about familia and family, and has those cars, and is some kind of weird super soldier, maybe, but not really, or works for the We're government and had some training. I don't know. His car is Superman. I don't know, but. But I think it comes down to weapons expertise and fighting styles. I think it comes down to hand-to-hand combat and weapons. But, I mean, ultimately, the, the Dom, one, yeah. ultimately, Dom could just drive away from El Mariachi, and El Mariachi is just going to walk and try to, like, rescue a turtle. <laughs> yeah, but don't forget he had his awesome, uh, his awesome motorcycle. From, from the first oh, movie. that's right. That's right. Pieced together with... Uh... Now... <laughs> The, what I will say is that El Mariachi only goes after bad guys. And Dom, right. even though he's a petty thief going after DVD players in the first movie, is not really a bad guy. So I don't know that, that El Mariachi, unless unless they specifically were like, here's a photo of the guy you have to kill or is going to try to kill you. I don't think El Mariachi seeks out Dom. To fight him, I think Dom gets the drop no. on El Mariachi, but then it becomes a weapons and hand-to-hand combat, and maybe even a little bit of karaoke battle. <laughs> karaoke battle, um, yeah. Well, and and so that throws another wrench in it. It's like it w- these guys probably would not battle each other, but we're just assuming for whatever reason they get put in that position, right? So. Having been put in that position, whether it's a, a matter of uh, mistaken identity or whatever, I I am gonna give the edge to um, to L. To El Mariachi is is it based on weapons prowess? Weapons. Yep. I agree. Because he had the penis gun. <laughs> I forgot he did have the. <laughs> and we know that Dom's all about family, and that's where families come from. Is that's right. The genitals that's right. of the family jewels, men's and women's. 
Um, right. I, I think that, yes, I think that Dom has the ability to use weapons, but not, not, doesn't have the arsenal, uh, that, um, that El Mariachi has. So I think El Mariachi gets the upper hand on him. I, I, I really think that it comes down to not necessarily the, the, uh, the cock and balls gun. I think it comes down to, uh, hand grenades. <laughs> I think because El Mariachi has the hand grenades that, that that he just drops one he he like he kills Lem you know he just drops one in in Dom's car and then yeah and that's that's how the cookie crumbles so yeah and L is also he's he's very wily you know like he can he can sneak in and out and and get into places where where Dom might not because Dom for me feels like a, a very kind of imposing character he's just he's so like. He's Vin Diesel, dude. He's huge. Yeah, but like, okay, he's, he's it's, not going to be able to it, hide out. It's Vin. It. It's Vin versus Antonio Banderas. If we're if we're doing who played El Mariachi more, like if it was it was the original. What, what was his name from the first one? Um. Oh shit, I forget. Yeah, but, but then don't yes, forget, we're doing a composite, so we're not necessarily talking about Antonio. We're talking about the character, and the character, <laughs> you know, he only really. Well, dude, do you remember in the in the third one in Once Upon a Time? Yeah, he, he no, you're hit, right. Hit out in Guitar City. So he was, like, <laughs> he was hanging he was out in the back of Sam Ash. That's right. That's right. Guitar Center. He was he was working in the warehouse. Oh, that's so. Funny. Yeah, I, I still give it to L. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's slide back over to your side of the board on here, uh, where we oh. have Neo versus the X Men. This is tough. Like you think that automatically it gets tipped one side or the other. You're either you're either a Neo fan or an X Men fan immediately, and you're like, "Oh, so and so is going to win." But when you really break it down, you're right. It's it's not an easy it's not an easy decision on here because the X Men all have character flaws that that's why they're a team and not individuals. And Neo is just the savior. Neo is is the digital Jesus who can do anything. That, but you have to ask this question. So we came up with this scenario that the all these battles are happening on Film Burrito Island. Is Film Burrito Island the Matrix or is it the real world? Yes. <laughs> it's, yes, I it. mean... Yes, that's a good point. Or yes. Well, it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter because in the third movie we understand that Neo's powers extend outside of the Matrix into the real world. Oh, good point. Good point. And okay, so yes, with got the, that. the potential for four indicating that the real world is actually a second Matrix. If that's the way it goes, oh. then maybe. Sorry, I keep getting emails on my stupid computer. That's okay. I need to shut down right. my mail. So let's see. Um, COVID, motherfucker. <laughs> with, apocalypse. With this one, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking... Okay, I think that first we need to make a decision on which... Who's, who's of the X-Men is there? Because there's like a million of them that, that kind of come and go. So I think we need to... We need to establish who's, who's there. So obviously, the ones that are always there are Cyclops and Professor X. Are, are they're there? I would say, or yeah, it, you know, Professor X is unless he's dead, is there 100 percent of the time, 
as part of the team because he's everywhere. And Cyclops, unless he's dead, is usually there as well. I don't know. He might have been on X-Factor or X-Force in the comics, but we're using the cartoon and the movies. Okay? Yeah. So if that's the case, I think I think we go with... God. I think we go with Professor X, Cyclops, not Jean Grey, because she's okay. she can't control her power. We go with Storm... Wolverine, Nightcrawler, uh, Gambit, Rogue, Gambit, Rogue, um, Iceman, and um, Kitty Pride. Okay. And let's give them one more. And Cyclops or uh, and um, um, Colossus for the ten. I think that we have okay. those ten versus one Neo. Now. If 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 we agree on that, I think I think Neo kills and or beats everybody except for Professor X. And I also think that Neo doesn't get a chance to fight at all because of Professor X. So that's that's the problem with the X Men is that if if Xavier's yeah if Xavier's there he can stop him. Because it's not like it's not like the Jedi mind trick where it's weak willed people. It's, you know, we know that he has the ability to control any human being anywhere in the world. And so that's why, you know, because Magneto is obviously a super genius as well. So that's why he wears the helmet. So we know it's not just weak willed people. So, yeah, all they have to do is be like round one fight. And Xavier's like, Neo, (laughs) you don't want to do this. You're actually Mr. Anderson. Actually, you're a frog. You think you're a frog now. You also think you're alone now. Like, and that's it. Rivet. Um, Rivet. Yeah. Whoa. Rufus. Oh, most heinous. Um, yeah, I think you're right. However, if he is digital Jesus, he's going to come back. You know what I mean? Like, you can defeat him, but he'll be back. Just give me three days, bro. Well, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just like the Eminem song. I'm back. Um, yes, he's back. That's right. Digital Jesus is back. <laughs> Okay, so so I think, and and that is the that is the basic definition of Christianity. Jesus is back. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. That's right. So I I think that for this to be fair, we have to remove Xavier. Uh, I think even with Xavier, I I don't think I I don't think he's going to beat Neil. No, he, I he might get. He might get a leg up, but I don't think he's going to beat him ultimately. So you think at the end of the day, look, think about the Matrix overall. Like, what does it all revolve around? It's all about the mind. So to the extent that Neo has powers, like if we're if we're looking just at the Matrix itself, what was his special ability? It was his ability to conform or conform the Matrix to his his mind instead of the opposite. So if Professor X's power is over the mind. I would argue that Neo's got a leg up to not necessarily beat him. We've never seen Neo X. control a mind. He, it is, it's, it Nobody is... can control his own. To the point where he can dodge bullets and or absorb bullets. See, so, I, I always thought that that was... Now, I always thought that that was... 
he can move faster than the agents. Like I've never, because the the line in the movie is something to the effect of, "I've never seen anyone move that fast," and and he goes, "Not fast enough." But like even at the end of the first Matrix, he stops the bullets. He only has physical control over inanimate objects to to change the Matrix. Because the people aren't the Matrix. The people are in the Matrix. Their mind is uploaded to it, but their mind is exists in the real world. So Neo can control the Matrix and the surroundings. He could essentially change the island, change the physics of the island, you know, if we really want to argue that point. But I think his mind is still jacked into the Matrix in the real world. So Xavier exists in, in the real. Xavier can control the mind of mr anderson right but my point is is that to the extent that neo had the abilities in the matrix it was because his mind was superior to everyone else's was that the reason did i i need to go back and rewatch these movies i think you do because think about it i didn't think it was mental control i thought it was that's all it is is like everybody's everybody's gotten the thing plugged into their brain. Yeah, I guess you're right. And you're going into this simulation. I always took it for a metaphor for lucid dreaming and being able to control your surroundings. Which, again, how are you going to do that? You're going to do that with your brain. Okay, I'll give that to you then. I'll concede that. I think you're right. So at the end of the day, I think that physically he's going to be able to defeat all of the X-Men, with the exception of Professor X, who may get one up on him in terms of his mind, but digital Jesus is going to resurrect after well, at least three days. Let me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you this. Well, we don't know that we, we, we don't know that Neo resurrects because we never see it in the movies. And the fourth one is not out yet. So, so Neo has been dead for a decade essentially. So we have to go, we have to go based on that parameter. But, but do you think that Neo has the, well, yeah, shit, you're right. He does win. Fuck. Because I was thinking like, because <laughs> I'm thinking like you've got, you've got Wolverine coming at him berserker style. You've got this, the, you've got the, um, the, the, the strength of Colossus. You've got the telekinetic ability um, of, of uh, Xavier dropping buildings on this guy. You've got Iceman trying to freeze him out. You, you know, you've got you've got Gambit using um, kinetic energy bombs essentially at him. But ultimately, Neo is fast enough to evade almost all that. I mean, I think even in the even in the Royal Rumble match with the, all of the Smiths in the what the second one, I think he only gets yeah. hit like twice. And even when they dogpile on them, they, he just flies up there. Right, and the only one of the X Men that can fly would would be Storm and Rogue, and Jean Grey's out. So yeah, Jean Grey's out because she can't control her powers. Or do yeah, we put Jean Grey in, and then now Neo has to go against Dark Phoenix, which is essentially a cosmic entity that can destroy. Everything, including his mind. Including his mind, yeah. 
So I, okay, I give it, okay, I give it to Neo if Jean Grey's not in there. Shit, I was thinking Xavier was the, the linchpin. If Jean Grey's not in there, I give it to, to Neo. If Jean Grey's in there, I give it to the X-Men, specifically Jean Grey. So is she in there or not? I think we That's go, orig, original parameters, no, we didn't, we, we didn't include her because I'm an idiot. So I, I give it to Neo. <laughs> I give it to Neo because she wasn't in the 10 that, that we agreed on before the... Okay, so next up on my side is going to be a, a, a double matchup of a team. Uh, it's Rick and Morty versus Rutro Raggy, Scooby Doo, and Shaggy. No Scrappy Doo, nice. and not I, I specifically did not put in the entire um, Mystery Machine team. Just Shaggy and Scooby versus Rick and Morty because I think Shaggy and Scooby are the only ones that have any type of supernatural abilities. So this is our first true tag team matchup. Yeah, this would be a tag team matchup. And in this corner, weighing in at nice. Cartoon Cells strength. I don't know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let you ponder this for a couple of minutes um, while I talk a little bit about Shaggy and Scooby and Rick and Morty and, and where my thoughts are because I think that if you if you if you sit and think about it, it's gonna be a little bit harder uh, than 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 you think because i think you're thinking rick and morty yes okay as am i but i i think there's an argument to be made so first morty is we're, we're dealing with regular morty and not with evil morty so morty is the moral back uh, backbone of the of the team and he will not let rick get away with horrible horrible things uh, he calls him on it so as far as killing shaggy and scooby that's out um, they do have the portal gun, which allows them to jump different universes and or portals, but that's going to be negated based on uh, the fact that you cannot leave the island. That's uh, right. So that is that is done. Um, they, you know, Rick does have a seemingly endless supply of, of weapons to be able to change physics, to be able to change uh, relativity to be able to change size. He once turned himself into a pickle, and then from then he, <laughs> there he was able to acquire uh, legs and arms of a rat and a cockroach, and eventually uh, became a humanoid figure. Um, so he is ridiculously intelligent. He can also enter a micro universe because he, he he develops micro universe technology or pocket universe technology inside of the real world which that I will argue is allowable because he's not leaving the he has a universe that's that exists inside the world uh, a, a smaller version of it almost like uh, can the, the the shrunken city of Candor um, so he has this pocket universe where he is God and that's inside the 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 real world. And I say that could be could be there in an island. So he'd be able to take Shaggy and Scooby to his you know to this this uh, pocket universe where he is he is God and and you know still adhere to the rules of not leaving the island in our universe. However, okay. Shaggy and Scooby get high a lot. Yeah. And Scooby's a talking dog. Allegedly. Scooby is a talking dog. And Shaggy can uh, has no gag reflex and can dislocate his jaw to eat massive amounts of sandwiches or huge sandwiches. Uh, and right. they've got the giant really... Sandwich. Yeah, and they've got really weird super speed. 
So they do have some some superpowers working in their favor. So now that I've got, I'll get off my soapbox. Um, I'd like to to hear your thoughts on uh, on who you think uh, would would win this this tag team match. And also, do we do they go one at a time or do they go two at a time? Uh, two two at a time. It's it's not a traditional tag team match where there's you know one in the ring at a time. Tag the other one in. One in the ring, two in the stink. It, no, that's not. It's it's a head to head duo. Uh, so you're it's just an open competition between all four. I'm going Rick and Morty for the simple fact that all they need to do is distract Shaggy and Scooby with snacks. Hey boys, here's an extra large pizza with everything on it. Well, gee, Yoink. Scoob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's over. They're just they're they're out. So and he wouldn't me. even have to poison them. He could just put in a sleeping uh, concoction and knock them out and be declared the winners. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't, right. It wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. I, I went through a lot of ex, uh, exploration with or a lot of expletive and and uh, and and just exposition. Yeah, you? them too. Sorry, it's just a day. It's a day where words are hard. Hey, I wanted to give a quick in show uh, mid uh, mid show shout out uh, to listener six Devonay. Uh, she's a she's a non-state listener. She wasn't able to comment on the Facebook page for Film Burrito, but she left a really nice comment that um, I don't remember, uh, and I'm not going to go back and read. But <laughs> but it was nice, and so thank you, thank you, Dev. Uh, Dev and I went to went to school together uh, uh, a long time ago, and we're we're friends, um, and uh, haven't spoken and or spoke or talked to one another uh, in a couple of decades. But she's a listener of the show, and, and we're appreciative of that. It's our first non-Dan listener. Thanks for li- thanks for listening. So yeah, and now we know who the who the oddball statistic is out in uh, in either Indiana or Illinois or, or that area because I think that's where she's from. So that, oh, there you uh, go. Yeah, still <laughs> not not answering the question: Who lives in Melvern, Ohio? Uh, if you're out there, Melvern, drop us a line. Let us know who you are. If yeah, if, if we know That's you, we'd be interested to maybe uh, come do a remote show with you. We're not going to do that. I just really want to know who the hell lives in Melvern. <laughs> I because I've never heard of uh, where you live. So so big ups to <laughs> Melvern and and let us know who the f's out there. Um, yeah, man, check in. And now we're gonna we're gonna move on over to. Another good matchup on your side. I think we've been like just Thank to you. just to kind of recap. Um, Captain Marvel and Kenny McCormick. Kenny wins, but in a weird matchup. It it didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Bartleby and Loki versus Optimus Prime. Prime wins. Another weird matchup on my side. Lawrence Scott, Ray Skywalker. Weird matchup. My first good one was Dominic Toretto versus El Mariachi, which El Mariachi took, and Shaggy and Scooby versus Rick and Morty. I thought was a good matchup. It was not. Uh, Rick and Morty won. Yours have been, and you wanted to change a bunch of them when, before we started shooting the our uh, recording the show. And I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. Yours have been pretty uh, spot on. Uh, again, just to recap: Dukes of Hazard versus the A Team. The A Team win. Uh, Born versus McLean, a great one. Born wins. Durden versus Jones Junior. Uh, Junior takes it. X Men versus Neo. Weirdly, X Men. I still, yeah, maybe. <coughs> Gonna cough a little bit, smoking a cigar. Oh. Got the COVID. Uh, I said, I said Neo took that one though. Oh, oh, you did. Oh, what, did, my bad. Sorry, I grabbed the wrong one on the drop down. Then 
let me let me clear my throat. <laughs> Change that motherfucker up to Neo, son. Okay. Uh, now an- on, another really good one, and it's a team versus a single. As we've got the Mission Impossible team of Ethan Hunt yeah. and uh, Ving Rhames and Shaun of the Dead, and I don't know any of their character names in the show, and a, <laughs> uh, the Asian girl. Uh, who's kind of hot, but but not really. It's not Lucy Liu. It's Maggie Q, I think is her name. Um, and then you've got a good guy version of Seymour Hoffman that's actually Tom Cruise, but maybe Scientology. And then, oh, do you get all of Scientology with the Mission Impossible team? No, regrettably not. Oh. I think that, uh, that having John Travolta in here would be a force to be reckoned with. Well, but, yeah, because he would just um, look confused and everyone would just look at him like, which way is he going? Right. And then, bam, <laughs> surprise attack. Biggity, bam. Yeah, so so uh, we've got, in this one, we've got, uh, let's see, Ilsa. I, I say we include Ilsa, even though she wasn't a quote-unquote member of the MI team. I think we bring her in. From Frozen? Uh, played by Rebecca Ferguson, who was excellent in British Showman. If you haven't seen that. Are you talking Luther, about? Are you Luther talking about? Wait, 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 wait. Who's who's Ilsa? Uh, she was the the redhead from Fallout. Remember the one on the motorcycle who they couldn't decide if they were trying to, if she was trying to assassinate the MIT. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Forgot about that. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Breaking fourth walls. Oh yeah. Breaking all the walls. Do you think that drywall in his stupid head? Do you think that the Kool Aid Man was actually Roch- Macho Man Randy Savage if he had diabetes? I think so. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Because he always kind of had a red face. So, yeah. Huh. Do you think Kool Aid and Slim Jims go good together? I bet you they do. I bet you. That's, I, a. I think that's a young man's game. You and I right now. That would just be Heartburn City. Population, oh, yeah. population, little, Chuck and, and Jason. But little salty save reaction going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think a fruit punch or cherry Kool Aid. I think a fruit punch or cherry Kool Aid and a Slim Jim, an original Slim Jim, mm. not a jalapeno cheddar one, but original Slim Regular. Jim. I think yeah. I think that I think you got yourself a Saturday early lunch before you go ride BMX bikes in the woods with your friends. Uh, a lovely little day. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Oh yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh poop. My, my reflux. Someone uh, shit in the woods. The Benji. His name was Benji. Oh, that's right. Okay. Not not Tintin. Not 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 Tintin. Not Sean. Not uh. uh Nicholas Angel. Nicholas Arsehole. <laughs> Nicholas Arse. Okay, so MacGyver versus the MIT. Oh, I didn't. And we're gonna... you, we buried the lead. I didn't even say MacGyver. We were just talking about the MIT. Oh shit. And I'm versus I, I versus it. MacGyver, and it's a hodgepodge of '80s and reboot MacGyver, which I have not watched the reboot MacGyver, but I think you said you had. I watched one episode. I was not impressed. I thought you said you fell um, in love with it. No, oh. nope. Only watched one episode. Um, I thought you said it was far superior oh. to the original, and you were hoping for a movie. Now you're just now you're, you're just talking, talking gibberish. Words. Yeah. Right. Gotta be fast. I'm from Erie, PA. So, all right. Uh, Gotta be threes. We're going to go with uh, just your your core team there. So, Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg. Um, Should we go with Rebecca Ferguson? She wasn't technically an MIT member. Eh, Technically not a member. Technically, no. Okay. So, just the the, we'll go with uh, the core team. 
So how do you think they would match up with uh, Mr. MacGyver? And I will give you bonus friend points if you can tell me what his first name was. Louis C.K. How'd you know? Louis no, C.K. MacGyver. Not... I don't know. Isn't it? Isn't it Mark McGrath MacGyver? It is. Because he went it all is. around the world. <laughs> it was Angus. Angus MacGyver. Angus MacGyver, a great Scottish name. All right, so give me your thoughts on this matchup. So originally my thoughts, my thought on all these is a, an individual versus a team, the team wins because there's simply more of them, and they could wait him out, and they all bring different skill sets. This one, though, I think is a more of a fair draw because you have a technical genius versus a group of technical geniuses. Right. Now, I would I would say that Ethan has more in the movies, Ethan Hunt has more fighting ability than Benji or Ving or who was the other one that we put in there? Uh the redhead and the Asian girl? Uh Maggie Q and and uh is that and Ilsa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maggie Q. Yeah. Um, actually, Maggie Q has, has very good fighting skills uh, in the scene in the Vatican. I think she's got some kung fu skills. But really, Ethan is the one who has, uh, he, he's the physical uh, spy in this. So he has more fighting ability and, and relies on the team for the uh, tech stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that, that Ving is a weapons expert. So is MacGyver. I think that Benji is a computer expert. I think that's oh, on MacGyver. Although, don't forget that MacGyver was hugely, hugely anti-gun. So uh, I, I said, can... but I said weapons expert. The Ving just happens to be mostly in guns and explosives. Right. I just okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I mean, he MacGyver might be anti-gun, but he'd be able to make a gun out of. He'd be able to make. Something that is comparable to a non-lethalized weapon with, like, a piece of his own urine. And I, yes, said a piece of urine because he'd figure out how to freeze-dry it. He'd be able to take his ego and a quarter and turn it into the Statue of Liberty's ball sack. I don't know. Oh, I love it. She's, she's, she's trans in French, apparently. I don't know. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah, um, very much so. She she doesn't have Nikes, but they should have they, they should have got them in that size. Ghostbusters too. So, so are you giving uh, are you giving the I, team the edge on this one? I think that if if we take lethal weapons out of it, then it's a draw. I think it only goes to the MI team because of their actual weapons. Because um, they have explosives yeah. well, and guns and drones and I mean, they will find and disguises. Yeah, Benji. Yeah, um, I I think even I think if you took weapons out, um, I still think it's going to be. Uh, I still think it's going to be the MI team. See, I the here's, only reason that I okay, go ahead, go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll... here's why because MacGyver had moral absolutes i go back to his stance on guns he would not use a gun and if you look back in the show i I think he probably did every once in a while but like he would drop it and go ew 
you know, <laughs> which in, so in, uncivilized. In I loved MacGyver when I was a kid, but going back and rewatching it, I'm like, oh man, I don't know why I like this show. Some <laughs> 80s like, cringe dialogue there. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. It's just like guns. Like really, you're you're fighting a you know uh, these international criminals, and like you're not going to pick up a gun to defend your life or someone else's. Like okay, whatever. But I think those moral stances that MacGyver took would be a weakness against the MI team who just by the very nature of what they do, they're going to do what it takes to win the day. Even So even if you have no weapons in there, they're going to do what it takes. So I give it to them. Here's, here's why I think that MacGyver has a fighting chance if we take weapons out of him. I think that MacGyver would be able to rig individual traps to, to eliminate but not kill, harm, or maim each one of the MI people in the field. Because remember, Benji was not in the field until like the fourth movie. Then that's when he became a full-fledged oh, agent true. in the field. So he is in the field. He's not just in a building somewhere off-site. The guy in the chair. Like, right. Uh, <laughs> right. So He's not Ned. He, I think that if they're all in the field individually, if MacGyver, can, if MacGyver has enough time in this, in this cityscape on this island to set up enough pitfall and snare traps for each one of them and has time to be able to kind of maybe study them a little bit just from a a distance to see who like he'd have to identify that Ethan's the leader and he'd have to identify that Benji is the new kid who's kind of scared Maggie Q is definitely the 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 brute force strength the femme fatale and that Ving Rhames is the um weapons expert in for it don't have to be non-lethal weapons expert actually like i'd say weapons and and some tech benji is mostly tech i think that if he could figure that out personality wise he could he could surmise that he could place traps for each one of them as they go off on their own because that's the thing is that even though it's a team of people they're never a team really together for more than a few minutes you know if you think about it ving rames and and Tom Cruise don't share a shit ton of screen time together in an action sequence. It's only a few, like the the scene where uh, Alec Baldwin, I think, uh, dies, and and Ving's there and there, and that's when Ethan has to switch real quick and like pick up that briefcase, the football with the nuclear codes in it, and run off. Like, and and Ving like helps him out. That's one of the few action scenes that they work together uh as a team it's usually ethan off on his own and everyone doing their own thing so i think at that point even though it's a team versus one man it's really one-on-one and if he understands that ethan is out actively looking for macgyver macgyver can go through and individually and i'm going to use the term pick off even though he's non-lethal uh he could he could get each one of them out of the the field with bait and switch traps Ethan, who who would be say a mile or two, you know, into the cityscape looking for MacGyver, gets a gets a call, you know, on the headset from Benji, being like, "Yeah, I'm I'm stuck in a pit. Uh, MacGyver's here." And then yeah. Ethan's got to run back, and then MacGyver makes a four wheeler out of you know two nickels and a dime, and, and figure that math out, and uh, <laughs> and goes to goes to where Maggie Q is. And and he's like, look at my '80s hair, fall for me. And she's like, 
you know, Fuka me, a Fuka you. And, and then he's like snare trap. And now you're Call back. You're caught in your, in your own web. You femme fatale. And then she's like on the headset, like, yeah, Ethan, sorry. I fell for his locks of love. He looked a lot like you in cocktail and I just couldn't contain myself. And then, <laughs> and then Ethan's like, fuck, I got to go back to the city now. And so he keeps doing this back and forth option. I think MacGyver takes it because the team doesn't work as a team. So I mean, fuck, they've got a out- whole movie called Rogue Nation. They are rogue people. They never work as a team together in the, in the field together. It's always the man in the chair. I'll provide these weapons and leave them for you. They're, they never it's never five. But that's people. where their strength comes from. Yeah. And we're, a- we're but we're putting them all in the field. So you don't have a guy in a chair anymore. So you you say MacGyver takes it because he outsmarts each one of them individually and works them against each other. Until he, I think, I think he gets four out of five. I think Ethan is ultimately going to be the deciding factor because because Ethan will go lethal in a hand to hand combat. I mean, dude electrocuted himself and stopped his own heart. Yeah, you, you know gotta, what I mean. Like, gotta wait, gotta wait there. Yeah, like I think Ethan's killed himself like twice in these in these in these movies, maybe. So I, I don't um, I, I don't know that I would give it to MacGyver, but I think that MacGyver's got a sporting chance to 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 at least last a really yeah. long time. I'm with you there. I, I I think it would be a a close competition with with because I didn't even think about the angles that you just proposed, but thinking taking that into consideration, I think yes, it would be a tough tough battle, but it would come down to Ethan versus Angus. And I think that Ethan would take it because he is because Ethan takes cra- it in the crazy Angus like Tom. <laughs> He's crazy like Tom Cruise. Crazy. And he would do whatever it took. Do you know what would be so, a fun yeah. version of this game to play would be um, like celebrity death match with um, with pop stars. <laughs> OK, uh, Lady Gaga would win over everybody just because I don't know. She's got a meat dress. Ew. Okay, so who's next? So on my side now, we get to the one I've been looking forward to for a long time. It is Deadpool versus Bugs Bunny. Okay, you know who I'm going to take in this one for obvious reasons, but I want to hear your argument because you said that you've got some good arguments on this one, and I want to hear it. Are you ready? I, I am ready. Are Hit you with wait, it. Okay. Shh, ready? Are you ready? They're Hold essentially on. the same person. All right. They're cartoon Let's... characters. One just happens to be one they're they're both lethal cartoon characters. One just happens to exist in a world that is very similar to ours and one happens to exist in a world that is not similar to ours. But Bugs Bunny's powers translate to the real world via the movie Space Jam. So Bugs Bugs Bunny has been seen to hit people repetitively over the head with a mallet, causing massive contusions and essentially brain damage. He could do that to Wade Wilson. Bugs Bunny has also been dropped, hit and maimed and survived massive amounts of gunfire in, in, in close in close range and survived without any any damage or trauma, meaning that he has to have some sort of invincibility or healing factor. 
Right. It would it would have to be that. I mean, if somebody if you're in a rabbit hole and you take a double barreled shotgun and you fire off so many rounds or like Yosemite Sam shooting himself up in the air in close proximity, it's going to blow your eardrums out. You know that you could blow your eardrum out just sneezing. So yeah, he he has to have some sort of quick heal or he has to be impervious to damage, making him immortal. And Wade Wilson has the healing factor that makes him essentially immortal and able to regrow body parts. I think this is a very fair fight. Now that you mention it, yeah. See, I, I, most of mine are shitty. This is a good one, and you didn't think this it was going to be. So, so they're both, they both have the same sort of dark, sarcastic humor. They both play tricks and and uh, and try to outwit and outsmart one another. So I think they're equal on all those levels. They both have some sort of weapons expertise. Wade's just happens to be more of the lethal variety. But, you know, we've seen Bugs Bunny wield spears. Um, we've seen him wield uh, hammers, hatchets, uh, I believe there was a golf club, and oh, and he's 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 got a massive swing with a baseball bat. He's essentially as strong yeah. as the bear Jew, if not stronger. Like, I mean, it's it's he's well read. He's read a tree grows in Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> he's he's nice. he's very well versed in opera, and so he has good singing ability. Um, he can, he's also a master of disguise. He does. He does have a problem with geography though, because he always takes a left at Albuquerque. Yeah. But we don't have to worry about that because there's no Albuquerque on film burrito Island. Good point. Oh man, this is a good one. And he has the ability to travel at superhuman speeds that Wade Wilson doesn't because when he's underground burrowing, he covers a lot of ground quickly. True. So he could, he could hop up behind Wade Hit him in the head with a mallet, and 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 he has amazing. He has a cunning eye because he can hit that rabbit hole from from however far away when he's jumping and diving, and not emerge with any skin, knees, or missing fur from going at it at the wrong angle. He is a superhuman, and he's amazing at basketball, and he's friends with Michael Jordan. <laughs> there you go. I think you talked me into it. I I thought that Wade had this one, and I think that he would ultimately be beat. However, I do think that it would be an entertaining battle to watch, and I also think that it would be fun to listen to their witty banter. Now, the only thing that I will say is because I don't think that Bugs wins it. I think that you're right. I think it's an entertaining battle. I think that it goes on for far too long, that it doesn't stay funny, and then it gets funny again. I think ultimately Deadpool wins. Much like Seth MacFarlane stuff. <laughs> Much like Seth Green and Seth Rogen and Seth. <laughs> any any Seths All the out Seths. there. Right. Um, I let's think, talk about Seth, baby. Ew. Let's talk about <laughs> <laughs> and me. Um, I ultimately think Deadpool takes it because – while we have never seen Bugs Bunny get decapitated, um, I don't know that he is actually immortal or has that healing factor. I think that it's speculation and that he might, but I would I would say because we've never seen him grow a body part back, that if he's decapitated, that he he's done. And we know that Deadpool can be decapitated and stay alive. 
if we factor in the Deadpool from Wolverine Origins. Yeah. Okay. And they so both you, break so the fourth wall. Which you gotta love. So you give the edge to Deadpool? I give the edge to Deadpool only based on the fact that we have seen his... We, we know for a fact that he has a healing uh, ability and capacity. And we've never actually seen and only speculating that Bugs Bunny has that. Okay. I will... I'll agree with you. But it's such a good matchup. It's a, it's a far better matchup than I anticipated it being. And you so brought a really good, good argument to the table, I have to say. So good. You should have seen me. Like, so I made my list yesterday at work. And um, as I'm going through, like, I had I had an alternates list. Like, I had I had 20 that I, I knew I wanted to do to whittle down to 16. And then I had 20 that I thought would be funny. And on my 20, I had, like, um, George Jetson and Fred Flintstone. Oh, because, nice. because I was like, Fred Flintstone has, like... He's impervious to pain. He's an amazing driver, which means he's got like uh, Jedi abilities to be able to see uh, traffic and and move around it. His feet can can <laughs> go super fast. Like he doesn't have That's super true. strength, but like he he moves quickly for a hat, for a fat guy. But I mean, ultimately, I left Fred Flintstone and George Jetson out because I didn't think they were great. When I got to Bugs Bunny, though, I'm like, it was I think it was between Bugs Bunny and Tom and Jerry, and I'm like, mm, I'm putting Bugs in. Bugs has it for me. Yeah, you gotta love Bugs. He's taking on the mob. Curtains, Rocky. It's curtains. Oh, thanks. I love him. Like, nice, eh? yeah, Bugs. Bugs has it. <coughs> Very nice. Okay, next up is is for you is a really good That's one. A good one. Like like really good. Like so happy a that it got randomly matched up this way and b that I... you chose both of them because I didn't even think to put them on my list. Yeah, and and. and... Well, no, I, the, what got me thinking of it is the head-to-head matchup. But then I remembered that we were randomizing, and I'm like, oh, they'll never, they'll never get in there together. And they did get in there together, which I thought was great. Actually, I'm but really I, happy that they got in first round because I figured with team stuff that you would see team versus team because I figured the team would always win out over the individual, but that we wouldn't see team versus team yeah. until it got down to like final four, final two. And then it would just be, it would be dumb because it would be like, okay, well they've defeated all the individuals where there would have been like a really crazy upset, having them go at each other in the first round and taking one of them and knocking them out, I think is, is going to be fantastic. Yeah. So we've go got who, the, oh, intro the matchup. We've got the justice league of America. No, we've got the justice league versus the Avengers. Yeah. So not super friends. So let's let's take the Hall of Justice out of there. We're talking Justice League. The we're talking movie version, correct? We, no, yeah, no green. Let, let's go. No Green Lantern because he wasn't in there. Right. We're talking the Big Five. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash. Six. Sorry, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Flash, and uh, who am I missing? Uh, Aquaman. Aquaman, yeah. Versus, now, I want to ask clarifying questions with the Avengers, too, because technically, in Avengers Endgame, every MCU good guy is an Avenger, including Howard the Duck. Is Are we are we doing yeah, that? Yeah, hilarious. No, 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 no. Or are no, we going to do the that, core? That would be, let's just do the core. Okay, so maybe, maybe we'll do, like, the ones from um, Infinity War. So you've got Iron Man, Spider Man, 
Um, you've got Cap. Let's just, let's Hulk, just take it back to the Avengers. To the original five, no Spider Man. Yeah, see, see, no Spider Man. So you've got you've got uh, Thor, Iron Man, Hulk, Cap, uh, Black Widow, and uh, and the uh, I was going to say the Emerald Archer, but that's uh, <laughs> that's Oliver Queen. I'm thinking of uh, of Hawkeye. So the the originals. So six on six. That way you that way you don't have Vision, you don't have Scarlet Witch, because when you get to Infinity War and Endgame, you've got a huge contingent of superheroes. Whereas you'd have to you'd have to go deep into uh, Justice League, like you'd have to go into cartoon and stuff like that to get okay. the uh, match power. So I think the core Avengers versus the core uh, Justice League. Okay, so Josh Whedon's uh, uh, Avengers. Josh. Verse, Josh, that's what I said. Josh, without the I, the H is my Cleveland, <laughs> is my Cleveland enunciation. Josh Weedhan, Will 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 Wheaton's uh, second cousin, twice removed. Ugh. Um and uh and who who's who's uh, and Josh Whedon's Justice League. Yeah. So that's hilarious. So it's Josh Josh Whedon versus Josh Whedon. There you go. It's it's Jody Sweden versus Joss Whedon, <laughs> but like the methed out version of Jody Sweden, where she was impervious to pain and had no teeth. Right there, you go. Okay, so let me ask you this: Do you want to do battle royale with them, her? or does each person go after one person? Battle royale. Oh man! Battle royale. You drop them in the middle of the city, and you just let them go. Okay. Well, I think. I think if that's the case, I think Hulk kills everybody except Superman. <laughs> I think I think Hulk smash yeah, so. kills everybody but Superman. I mean, I'm just trying to think like if if they're if they're all just dropped in the middle of the city and and Hulk is in full Hulk smash mode, as soon as Batman hits him with any gadget, he's going to turn to him and he's going to rush Batman. He's obviously faster than him. And if Batman, um, you know, uh, re- repels into the sky, Hulk is going to Hulk jump at him, eventually catch him, and beat the shit out of him into the ground like he did Loki. So I think Batman's ultimately dead. Yeah, like you well, would, you I, would I, think I, you'd put, you think you'd put Batman. Hulk against Superman because of the strength, but I think Batman is the. It would be like I'm taking the big guy. I think Batman can hold his own for a while, whereas Hawkeye and Black Widow are going to be out pretty quick because uh, Black Widow, she's got her acrobatics, she's got her assassin skills, and she's got her pistols, but that's it. Um, Same thing with Clint Clint Howard. It looks like a huge Dell Paxton in the high school band. Wang. <laughs> oh, that was my favorite error I've ever made in my life. I think that Clint Howard should be oh. in the next Avengers movie. Big I think he Clint should Howard. play Modoc. <laughs> I know Pat Oswalt oh. does the voice for him now and was kind of gearing up to be Modoc in the MCU, but I think Clint no, Howard should Clint be Howard. Modoc. Put him in there. Or Put him in. Clint Howard should play uh. Krang in the next uh, iteration of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> there you go. Oh. <laughs> oh. Clint Howard oh, for best, Krang, 2022. Best error I've ever made in my life. Mm. Oh. Oh, that was good. Um, where was I? All right. 
Clint, what Clint Howard, uh, Howard Terrence or Terrence Howard, <laughs> Howard Taft. Uh, no, so I think uh, Black Widow and and uh, Hawkeye are out. Batman would hold his own because he's got those wonderful toys, um, and he's got the Batmobile. So I think that he'd hold off a little bit longer. But ultimately, I think the the people without superpowers are going to be out quick um, in in terms of the the grand battle. Well, let's so, okay. Well, let's let's run it through. Let's let's run it through. So so let's let's put them. Let's so we dropped them all in the middle of the city. But I I think. We do it almost um, Civil War style, where they where they run at one another. I think we have to go matchup wise on here. Okay. I, I don't think we can do battle royale because if we do battle royale, I think Hulk smashes everything and then Superman kills everybody, and I think it's over in a matter of seconds. And like we talked about prior to today's discussion, we because we do have a composite Superman that's made up of all the Supermen. Ultimately, Superman would set aside his, his, I really don't want to kill anybody, but I will if I have to, because in Man of Steel, he killed Zod by snapping his neck. Well, and, so and I know have that, in there. that was my argument for doing that, but this matchup changes things a little bit. I, I think Superman is going to look at every single Avenger as a human and be, have to protect them. And so he wouldn't go lethal until he figured out that Thor was a god. And Thor would be the only one Superman would be okay with attempting to kill. Because it's the same thing with Zod. Zod was essentially oh. a god like he was. And he knew the only way he was going to be able to kill him was, or to defeat him, was to kill him. Yeah. Because I, I've got powers, he's got powers, but he's using them for evil. I'm using them for good. I got to eliminate him. Right, right. I I think that we. I think that that's what ultimately the decision comes down to. I think that Batman doesn't go lethal. I actually, I don't think any of them go lethal. That's the thing is that Tony Stark is really the only one in the MCU that has. <coughs> I mean, okay. And some of these too. Let's be real. Some of these are a war of attrition. It's I can't even you know? say what I was going to say. All of them, all of them are are responsible for deaths. But Tony has a, a kill a body count. Clint has a body count. Uh, uh, Scarlet or uh, um, Black Widow has a body count. Even Cap has a body count. He was a trained soldier and fought the Nazis. He's got a body count of Hydra agents. Yeah. Like they've all killed except for Hulk has never killed anybody because even Abomination was still alive. He's on the raft in the MCU. And um who am I missing? Thor. Thor has killed. Thor has a body count as well of off worlders. But nobody on the on the Justice League has killed except Superman and only in the one extreme measure now batman in his in the future version of batman that comes to light when superman takes over everything has killed but the batman in the real world in the real timeline has never killed so i think wonder woman did technically if you if you think back to you know what was she world war one yeah if you if you just just watching the movie she probably, well, I would say this. If anyone's going to have a body count in the Justice League, it would be her. I don't know that we ever saw her kill anybody. She was more 
protecting advancing forces and taking out machinery and weapons. Mm-hmm. But if anyone does have the ability to kill, it would be her. Not the ability to kill, sorry. The the um, To put aside the moral stand to kill would be her. In the Justice League. In the Justice League. Yeah. So I think... Avengers, you've got, you've got several. Yeah. Especially Hulk, who just, like... <laughs> Very, very unaware of his uh, his abilities. Yeah, I mean, even even though he, I don't think he it. has a body count. I mean, he has a Chitari body count, but I don't think he has a body count like like the others have actually killed human beings. Bruce Banner and the Hulk have never killed human beings. They've killed aliens. Well, well, that were that they, we've that we've seen or been alluded to. Right. There could be in the books, but we're not not really familiar with them. Right. 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 So. At, at the end of the day, who do you give the edge to? Because I think that we could both agree that this is going to be a long, drawn-out battle that, that lasts a long time. In in the but end, it's going to come down. It to, comes down to Superman. I, I'm going to say Superman versus the Hulk. See, so, yeah, because well, can Hulk get burned? Because sure, yeah. Okay, so this is how I see it playing out. I see Superman Superman goes after Captain America based on the fact that he's red, white, and blue as well. I think that's the original matchup when they run at one another. I think Wonder and they're the natural leaders, yeah. Right. And I think that I think that Superman punches Cap Shield and and the Shield pushes Superman back. I think that the that the vibrations that come off of that shield, the negative vibrations that reverberate out, push Superman back. Don't hurt him, but push him back. So Soup knows I can't use physical strength because of the shield, and goes to either heat vision or 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 frozen breath. And when when Tony sees that, Tony fires his either chest or his. Um, the lasers on his hand at soup, which does nothing. And then I think when Thor sees that they do the shield with the lightning hammer and it blows Superman back and takes him out for a little bit. And I think then that's either when either Thor goes against Superman because it's God versus God or Hulk goes after Superman. I think wonder woman and, and, and uh, black widow face off with one another because they're like, Okay, well, she's a woman and I'm a woman, and so we'll go a little bit. Like they do the PC thing with it. Um, I think Wonder Woman <laughs> easily hands Black Widow her ass because of the super strength. Of course. And because Widow, even though Widow has maybe better fighting style and technique, it's it's nothing if you don't have the the ass behind it. And Wonder Woman has got that ass. I mean, she's got muscle <laughs> and str- and just brute strength because she's half she god. She's she's half god in in, you know, I I don't know that that's necessarily like the movie version, but I do know that in the some of the books that she's supposed to be the offspring of Zeus and whomever. Uh in the movie version, I think that she's like formed from clay. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But she's she's got godlike ability. So I think she hands her her ass, and I think she also hands Clint his ass. But I think Clint and Cyborg would be Clint Howard. Clint, yeah. no, I actually, I bet I would say Clint and um and uh, and the Flash might go against one another. I think the Flash would go after Clint and knock him down, much in the same way that um that 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 Quicksilver did. 
Yeah. Oh, God. Putting the Flash in there, though, changes everything because as soon as the Flash realizes what the, what the strengths are of, like, Tony's armor and um, Cap's shield, he could just he could just run really fast behind Cap, sweep his legs out from underneath him, and then Superman picks him up and drops him to his death. That's true. And fuck, Tony can fly and so can Soup, so there's a good chance that the two of them might go after. And then Soup could either freeze or heat blast the armor off of Tony. That takes Tony out of the game. So yeah, see, ultimately the Justice League wins based on the fact that they've got Superman. I still think I, I, I still think Batman dies at the hands of the Hulk because Hulk smash. And because they do have two gods that Hulk's you know, because we're, we're not talking Professor Hawk, we're talking talking Dummy Hulk. I think that he just assumes right. he's a god too and kills Batman. I think Batman dies, Clint dies, and um, no, I don't think Clint dies. I think Clint, Cap, Tony. I think everybody's out on the on the MCU in a matter of maybe thirty minutes, except for Thor. And Hulk. I think those are the two standing. And I think it's Thor and Hulk versus Superman. But Thor and Hulk don't work necessarily together because their their powers don't go together. I think it becomes brute strength against Stormbreaker and Mjolnir. Yeah. Oh my god! Superman can lift Mjolnir. That's true. So that I takes about that. Thor out of this because if if Cap can lift it, Superman can because Cap has a body count and Superman really doesn't. So can Wonder Woman though. Holy shit! All right, so it's it comes down to Hulk versus Superman, Wonder Woman, Superman and Wonder Woman versus Hulk then, and it becomes brute strength now. I will say this. So Hulk Hulk's skin has never been No, he lost a tooth. Remember he spit a tooth out when Thor hit him. So, oh really? Yeah, in the first <laughs> Avengers movie, he spits a tooth out. Or no, the second one against um oh it was against it was against Veronica. That's what it was. Tony's suit. He spits a tooth out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. So even though we never see Hulk get, you know, he's never gets bloodied or bruised or anything. He he does have a physical weakness. And. And if, yeah, if, if Storm. Dude, you know what I just realized? This is the look best at, one. <laughs> yeah, but, but look at your next entry. Yeah, no, that's fine. Because remember, I said, if it came up to Superman versus the Justice League, Superman's not in the Justice League. It's him turning against the Justice League. This one, okay. Soup, is he's, he's on your side. That's fine. What? Let's use this as a segue into your next one. Because I think that's going <laughs> okay, to okay, be an okay. awesome battle, too. So Okay, so ultimately it comes down to to Stormbreaker and Mjolnir being passed between between Wonder Woman and Superman versus Hulk's Rage Hulk. Like, we're talking full-on 
rage amatic Hulk. And they either electrocute him to death or they cut his head off. Yeah. Because Flash, even though Flash, I mean, if if we're not doing the time travel thing for Flashpoint with Flash, if we're just doing super speed, then Flash is not going to be able to do anything against Hulk. Cyborg would get destroyed versus Hulk because of Hulk smash and Batman would be dead. So it's just those two and everyone else would be taken out. All of their equipment and, and accoutrement would be completely removed. Um, Cause even when Thanos beats the crap out of, out of cap and he like, he like gets back up. He's like, I can do this all day. Like he's, he's still tired. Whereas probably my second favorite line in that entire movie after Avengers assemble. I got yeah, yeah. Or on your left. Oh, on your left was so good too. Yeah, man. yeah, that was. But anyways, we don't want to we don't want to tangent off. So, so I think that it comes down to 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 Soup and Wonder Woman versus Hulk. I think that they, I think that they kill Hulk because they have to be okay killing Hulk because he's not going to stop any other way. That's the only way to win. Yeah. The only way to win is to is to kill. Actually, they could Superman could grab Hulk. Oh no. Wonder Woman could lasso Hulk and calm him down, turn him into Banner. Oh yeah, and then, and then kill him. I don't know. They, yeah, they could they could take Hulk out of the game. Well, even even if they just put him out of commission, yeah. At the end of the day, I'm, that was I'm a, giving it okay. to. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. Justice League by a thread. Like, I, I think that it would be a hard-fought battle. It would go on for a long time even match it matchups. But it would come down to... If you had two on, a, on each side, it would be Superman, Wonder Woman, Hulk, and Thor. And yeah. those would be your final four. And Justice League would edge them out. With the power of red, blue, and yellow. I was going to say with the power of Christ compels them. Um, (laughs) The other thing that we didn't think about too, is that during like when Hulk starts rushing uh, at, at wonder woman save, and uh, then Superman just takes his cellophane S off and, 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 and and, and ties Hulk up. And then wonder woman just lassos him and then turns him back into Bruce. And then they wrap him up in the, in the, in the truth thing. Cellophane S. Yeah, they wrap him up in the in the in the lasso of truth, though, and then and then Bruce confesses his love to to Black Widow, and that's when Superman and Wonder Woman realize that you know that they, these guys are just humans and and they need to be free, and then they send them on their way. I like it because so got a winner there too. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's definitely okay. Let me let me feed this in, and then we'll we'll move we'll segue right into. Oops, come on, uh, Justice League. Okay, so Superman, who's who's obviously a little, Fresh a little off the win, a, a little a little cocky right now, is going up against Luke Skywalker. All of Luke Skywalker. So all like Skywalker. the 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 whiny the whiny farm boy, all the way through Rise of Skywalker. So, Luke, I've already got my winner. It's Luke. It's Luke. It's Luke. Hands down. I, I didn't until I until I said the phrase Rise of Skywalker, I thought it was gonna be Superman, but it's not. It's Luke. 
And it's because Luke is a force ghost that can manipulate the real world by catching that lightsaber. He can kill and Superman. Lifting the X-Wing. Yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah. So he can use his, his, you know, his force lift abilities and he can, like you said, manipulate the physical world. He could grab items. Mm. But there's still no kryptonite and Superman is impervious to everything because of the yellow sun. Well, at the end of the day, then it would be a war of attrition. So if if Luke can't fight Superman, Superman can't fight Luke. Luke just gives himself over to the Force, and he's immortal at that point, and he lives forever. Whereas Superman, as as we know, he he at least ages. Does he? So he might be he might be physically impervious to stuff, but he ages. Well, yeah, I mean, because we're going against a sixty year old Luke. <clears throat> in the force or uh, in uh as a force ghost as it is in the movie so he's immortal like he he's he's eternal yeah and and superman ages so all he's got to do is wait him out so we're not even talking about powers at that point <laughs> luke just gives himself over to the force and he's like come at me bro could could Luke find kryptonite? If okay, so now we have a caveat to the to the question of the arena. Is is the island? Does it can because the the reason that we we said that it's inhabited, even though we haven't really talked about it, that it has people on it, is because most of these people, most of these characters' weaknesses is humanity it's their humanity their love and want right. for protection of humanity protecting humanity so and we haven't really gotten into that at all and i don't think that's become a point of it but the only re- but that's the reason is we wanted there to be some sort of weakness or fallout or distraction for people like superman and batman where they would have to say they would feel compelled to save people <coughs> excuse me during the fight which would distract them which would allow for say you know a um a Kenny McCormick, if that's what it came down to, to have a fighting chance against somebody like Superman. Um, but is there is there then vulnerabilities on the island? Is there kryptonite on the island somewhere that could... No. So no. Superman is full strength ultimate Superman. Correct, which is another reason why we put it on Earth. Because it like one of the examples that I gave to you in the in the original talk was if we had just like an open world competition where it was like the example I gave was Superman versus Dr. Manhattan from, uh, from Watchmen, all, all Dr. Manhattan would have to do is like just teleport himself to someplace outside of the universe because Superman derives his power from Earth's yellow sun. And so he, he would just poof, I'm somewhere else. Superman has no powers. I win. So we contained it in this, this fictional film burrito island with the dome over top. So the only place that there is any trace of kryptonite is in the dome, and that's just to keep him on that island. So there's no he can't like go mine it. Like Luke could not go mine it and come back from Addis Ababa. <laughs> Remember? Mm, yeah. Superman movies, that was where it came from. <sighs> so I'm trying to think. No. So I agree with you in all aspects of it, except for that Luke can't can't manipulate it. Because the Force, Luke controls the Force, and the Force is everything. So Luke has the ability 
to pull the kryptonite from the dome to equalize Superman and kill him. I still think that even if he could not do that, so let's just say that he, that, that ability was taken out. If he couldn't do that, he's still going to win. Okay. So I think we're both in agreement that Luke wins over Superman, but for different reasons, I feel that Luke could pull the dome down because it's a physical item and the force would, would be able to interact with it. You feel that taking that option away, Luke would simply give himself to the force or has already given himself to the force. He's a ghost and Superman would eventually at some point age out and die over a long enough timeline. Whereas Luke is forever because he is, he is essentially the force now. Correct. So even let's, let's, let's even say this, let's say that Luke and Superman had a head to head battle and they were fighting against each other. It, before Luke is ultimately killed by Superman, then Luke comes back as a force ghost, he'd still win. You know what I mean? So he could either give himself up willingly to the force or he loses in battle to Superman. He's coming back and finishing the job. So one way or the other, he's going to win. Okay. Well, okay. So, and I'm just going to take a quick pause now that we're at like the two and a half hour mark to say this. If we're wrong, <laughs> email us. Email us yeah. at film, uh, go to filmburrito.com, send us a message, send us at filmburrito at gmail.com, go on our social media accounts, tweet at us with the hashtag superhero showdown, uh, give us your picks, give us who you would have liked to have seen, even though we're not done yet, who you would have liked to have seen in these, in these battle royales, uh, uh, for the, for the first, uh, 16 versus 16, um, you know, give us some ideas and, and things. Maybe we'll do this this type of show or this type of a thing again next year when March Madness is actually going on, and we'll kind of time it up with uh, with the basketball games. And but, even uh, if you agree with us, but you have different ideas of why somebody would win or or the battle that they would have, let us know that too. Yeah, or if you think I'm right and that Luke can manipulate the the dome around there, and you want to prove Jason wrong and help me be contrarian to him, then I would be happy with that. And if you think that I'm wrong, then I think you're wrong, and you should shut up about it, <laughs> Dan Dan Devonay. So, because uh, I don't think uh, I don't I don't think uh, a couple of our listeners listen anymore. Uh, due to recent events. So I'm just going to go with Dan, Dan, Devonay uh, as the three that I know that are still out there. Nice. Triple D. Triple D. Guy um, right. Okay. So, so ultimately Superman falls, which is interesting because if Luke ever goes up against, actually, if any Jedi goes up against the, the justice league, that's, that's the same argument can be made either way. So I like, I like right. that. Um, Okay, you, the next two for for yours uh, is uh, is Katniss Everdeen and Beatrice Kiddo. Beatrix Kiddo, An- another another good matchup, fantastic matchup. So for because those of you who you don't know, because two. I didn't, the, the it's the bride from Kill Bill is Beatrix Kiddo. Yeah, I did not know that in her in all of her yellow suit glory. Yeah, so, um, so so take us through it. Take us take us through the fight. Show me, show, sh- paint paint a verbal picture for for the listeners of how this fight goes down because I think this one is fantastic. And I just gave a huge dissertation on uh, on Justice League and, and Avengers. I want to hear your version uh, on these two uh, fighting femmes. All right, so I think that I, 
I think that this would be another one of those battles that goes on forever and ever. Because if you remember Kill Bill Volume 1 and Volume 2, number one, you've got the why is the bride fighting, right? She's fighting because everything that she has was taken away by Bill. So she's got this vengeance that she's fighting for, but she's also fighting for her for her baby, for her daughter. Uh, Katniss Everdeen, she is fighting for her family because if you remember the story, she volunteers as tribute for the Hunger Games to take the place of her sister, Prue, who was selected. So she's got that that family honor thing too that she's fighting for, but she's also fighting against uh, what was the president's name? President Snow, I think. Um, she, she's, she's whatever it was. She's fighting against <laughs> the, the 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 classism society that they live in, the oppressive government, right? Yeah. So she's got like her enemy in the oppressive government. Beatrix has her enemy in Bill. So you've got these strong, strong-willed women who are standing on principle, and they're fighting for those that they love. So you've got, you know, you've got both of those driving forces. They keep them moving no matter what. So all of the the injury, all of the the downfall that they might experience, they're going to keep picking themselves up and moving forward no matter what. In fact, you flash to uh, Kill Bill where she's just like, wiggle your toe. And she's just willing herself to to move and get up and keep moving forward. So I think that, that you've got such strength in both of them that this is going to go a long, long time. Now, Katniss, obviously, she is an archer, so she's got that uh, that weapon skill. You've got um, Beatrix, who was a swordswoman. So, and then you've got like the the hand to hand fighting with both of them. I th- this is a tough one, dude. And I don't have a- an idea of who would come out on top, like I did with a lot of the other ones, where I had an idea going into it. I don't really know with this one. So, so I think going head to head, first of all, <clears throat> Beatrix has the close quarters combat because she does she does use the, the Hattori Hanzo sword. And Katniss, I think, would have an upper hand simply because she's an archer and she's got the long range fighting that she could do. So did, did Beatrix ever use a gun? I don't I don't think she did. I don't know that she did. I, I I'll tell you this. So so you don't you don't you're sort of at a loss on on who would win because they're equally matched and they're equally fighting for the same thing, right? Pretty pretty equally matched. Now at this point, I would give Katniss the edge only because of the distance fighting. I agree. I agree. Now let me. I I have two potential outcomes. Um. Katniss is, is of course, only going to have so many arrows in her quiver. And with the martial arts skill, I think that the bride has uh, a really good chance of deflecting a lot of those arrows. The ones that she gets does get hit with, if they're not a, a lethal strike, I think that she breaks the arrow off and continues fighting because of her, it. her rage. Yeah. Um, I think that it be, I think it comes down to if it's a battle to the death, it comes down to um, hand to hand combat. And that's where I think Katniss fails because um, uh, uh, the bride has the, uh, the what's that um, the thing that she does on Bill that stop his heart. 
Like I, I know thirty three ways to kill yeah, somebody. I'll five, teach you thirty two. Yeah, the five finger. Yeah, the five finger death poke. Um, and I think that she she does that to Katniss and then continues to fight and then Katniss's heart explodes. And so I think the bride is the ultimate winner because I think of the way it comes down to hand to hand combat. But I would say that this is a, the opportunity to rule bend a little bit with with the fight. I think that the two of them begin fighting from a distance. I think that Katniss does the cat and mouse, you know, hiding in the in the trees and attacking from a distance. I think the bride survives until the quiver's empty. I think that the two of them come together in a standoff, and I think that the bride because it her it is her MO starts talking to Katniss. I'm fighting for my child and my family that I never had the opportunity to. And I think that Katniss responds, I'm fighting for my family and the life that I never had because of this uh, uh, oppressive regime. I say that the two of them come to a mutual draw and team up and become a team to move forward in the bracket. I think that that's the I think that's the ultimate conclusion because we know that the bride so is going to verbalize would play the psychological game. No, I think that the two of them come together as a team. I think that they both advance as one team of two. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Oh man, that I, I think I think that's the ultimate outcome. Assuming. What's that? I, I misunderstood you, so oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so that's, that's the rule where bend. The rule bend is. Yeah, I is think that, that you... they they both stop because Katniss has done that before too with with the the boy where she's like, "I'm not fighting," and so there's two winners in one of the oh, movies yeah. or something. I think that the right. two of I think that the two of them because we know the bride's mo is to give expletive on the story. She she's gonna tell her backstory while she's Exposition. holding. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Words are hard. She's she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna stand there with the sword in her hand and give uh, expletives to uh, to to Katniss and and tell the story her her story in backstory flashback mode yeah and Katniss is going to understand that the two of them are the same she's going to she's going to lower her fists and she's going to drop her bow cuz you could use the you could use the bow as a um as a as a melee weapon as well. She's going to drop the bow. She's going to tell her side of the story and she and I think Katniss offers up the team up. I think that the bride is suspect because of her betrayal of the the Deadly Viper squad. But I think the bride takes a chance on her. The, the, I either, like that the, either, either the bride wins based on the fact that Katniss lets her guard down, says they should team up, and the bride says, I've seen this before, and cuts her fucking head off, or that the two join forces, or if they go fight to the death, the bride wins with the five-finger uh, death punch. So ultimately, the bride wins. But I can see a scenario where the two of them come together. Gotcha. Um, but the bride you know also... Uh, the bride also works alone she never has anybody that she counts on except the sword maker uh, because yeah, of the well, betrayal but she has allies throughout she has allies that she goes to and Katniss was kind of the same way like she did her own thing and she was fighting her own battle but she had allies yeah, I think I think I'm going to go with you on they team up. I think that this is where we bend the rules, and I think that they both advance as a team. 
Okay, so I like that idea simply because at the end of the day, I I think that this is such an evenly matched battle that you could really flip a coin as to who's going to win. All right, so I'm going to go in and type in Bride and Katniss team. And this, too, I think is one that we would have to reach out and see if anybody disagrees with us. Yeah, give it again. Give us your thoughts on this. Uh, if we're if we're wrong, uh, you know, tell, tell us, us why. why. Let's see if it's going to let me out. I'm going to have to do. I can't do it on my phone. I'm going to have to do it on the on the computer and put in a a third value. But, um, well, actually, I bet that's you, okay. Well, we know. We, we'll we'll remember if we don't. Then somebody can call us out on it. Um. Dude, that that was even though the conversation didn't go on as long as the Justice League Avengers one. I think that was that was an even better matchup, simply because it's like who who's going to win that one? Really, couldn't even decide. So now we're down to our final four in the first round. So we've got uh, your last two and my last two. Oops. Yep. Sorry, I'm still doing. I'm still messing around on the. On the phone here to to get that. There we go. Okay. No worries. I think these are going to be uh, these are going to be good too. And you know what? I think we should. I think we should. Well, I'm gonna. I'll ask you this: Should we save these two? Should we do a special Wednesday, uh, like twenty minute show, and just do these last two fights and a recap? I do. I think that's perfect. I think, I think we, we end this a, one um, on a cliffhanger. Ended on the cliffhanger on a great, great, great matchup. Uh, so we, we had uh, Katniss Everdeen and Beatrix Kiddo teaming up, uh, flouting the rules and going into the next round together as opposed to uh, the Thunderdome matchup that we had originally planned. So we've got our final four of round number one coming up in a bonus episode this week. Um do we want to? We'll cliffhanger it, like you said. We're not going to announce who it is. Um, I, I, I'll tell you this. I, I don't want to announce who it is. I think that they're. I will say this: they're, they're not teams; that they're individuals. And I think that All they. Four. I think that my two might be the most powerful two individuals that have gone up against one another, and most weirdly evenly matched. And I think that your two are the least powered in powered individuals that are also evenly matched. I, I was going to say the exact same thing. I think that that this is even better than the. Uh, well, my two are better than the uh, John McClane and uh, Jason Bourne matchup. Agreed. Agreed. Very similar, but better. And I think that yours are better than, oh man, I think this next matchup is better than Superman Skywalker. I, I think it's better than Superman Skywalker. I would say that it is on par with, with being as equal as Deadpool and Bugs Bunny. Yeah, I have to agree with you. And also, similarly to that, I do have one that I think takes the edge. But I have a feeling that you are going to give a really good reason why I'm wrong. I, I have to say that of all the shows that we've done so far, uh, this has been for for being a, a topic that we did not really in depthly discuss beforehand. It wasn't. It was something that I came up with. It popped into my head about a week ago. I brought it to you yesterday, the day before recording, 
and we're doing it to the day of, and it'll be released this Monday for all of you, uh, for all of you film burritoites out there. And then the the mini show I'm going to release um, without an episode on that we're going to record right right after we're done with this one on on the Wednesday. So it won't even be you won't even have to wait a full week. Well, I don't know. Do you want them to wait a week or do you want to give it to them the same week? I think yeah, we let's drop it early. No, drop it early. It's no, a bonus episode. I, I think we I think we wait a week and put it on the, the Wednesday before we before we record. Because that'll give a nice a nice recap of because we'll run through okay. the, the basic list. They'll give a nice recap. So not not this coming Wednesday, but a, a week from Wednesday, we'll release this little mini episode and then that following Monday we'll have the um what the the top eight uh, uh on, on each of our sides to go through for another show. Um so yeah, we'll just kind of we'll we'll just end it now. We're we're at about uh, we two go. hours and forty minutes. I think it's a pretty long show. I think it's action. I think this was an action packed show. I think this was some 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 really good topics, and I'm really excited to to move forward with this uh, superhero showdown. Yeah, I love it. So um, I guess we'll call it. Yeah, definitely. So uh, thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate you hanging in there. This was, I think, this has set the record for the longest film burrito episode yet. I, I think it's, it's right up there. We did one that was pretty, that was pretty long, but yeah, pretty almost, close. almost three hours is, is big for, for us. So, um, Definitely. you know, and the, the weird thing is, is that we did take a break halfway through and, um, we were at the halfway mark and I was like, do you want to, do you want to shut this down? We're at an hour and a half. And you're like, eh, we'll, we'll get through <laughs> the rest in, in 30 well, to 40 cool. minutes. And I'm like, I looked at the list. I'm like, eh, this is no, going to run long. So, all right. Well, um, again, check us out, filmburrito.com. Send us a message. Email us at filmburrito at gmail.com. Find us on the socials. You can link to us off the webpage um, from the social accounts. Uh, if you do have uh, a, a superhero showdown that you think would be interesting or if you have an argument against why uh, or why not, um, you can uh, you can uh, send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, uh, or you can take a, a video and put it on, uh, I don't know what, Instagram. Is that how that is that how that website works? I still don't know how Instagram works. I'm old. I don't know. Who knows? Um, best. But you know what to do. You know how to get in touch with us. We're here. You're there. What else are you doing anyway? Come on. Let's be real. Yeah, we're all so, quarantined. Also, give us a call, 440-701-6547. Leave us a voicemail message if you want, and I'll try to figure out a way to to play that uh, that over the uh, the phone and or over the, the session, and, and we'll answer some questions and, and uh, get some responses on here. Leave us a like and uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast uh, uh, platform as well. Um, did I miss definitely anything? Definitely share. Yeah, to tell your friends. I mean, I'd like to see see, see some growth. I, I know that the people who listen to this right now are friends and family. Um, you know, if, if you can if you can do us a, a huge solid and 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 leave a, a a like and a and a review and also maybe share it on your personal social media accounts, we'd really appreciate it. We're trying to build some traction on here. We're not, you know, we're we're doing this for free uh, as as entertainment, and and we do it because we love doing it. And honestly, we would probably have these conversations. I know you've said it a million times, Jason. We'd have these conversations anyways. Um, yeah. And we, we the only difference is we're recording it. Yeah, we're putting the, it out there. That's yeah. the only difference. At this point, this is this is more like a regular conversation we have because we're over the phone and we're not sitting across from one another. So. Um, yeah, right. But tell your friends and family about it. Uh, share our site, uh, the links to our site, filmburrito.com. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate everybody taking the, the time out of their day to listen to us yammer on about stupid shit that doesn't really mean anything to anybody uh, in the no, real world. But, but um, yeah, we do, yeah, we do so hope you enjoy it. 
So stay safe, stay healthy, stay home. And until next time, stay I'm sexy. That, stay, <laughs> you did sexy. I'm Jason. I'm Chuck. And we are Film Marijo. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. <laughs> I hate you, Clint Howard. Yeah, I know you. That's fine. All right, bye. Bye. Well, go ahead whenever you're ready with the uh, DOS intro. Okay. I I usually have the music to lead me in. I don't think it's that. Max needs thermal curtain failure. Okay. Ready? It's been a long, long time coming, baby. When you lose your voice, exhaust all your choice. Thermal curtain failure. Oh, yeah, I am. Are you? Oh, my God, yes. It's thermal curtain failure, baby. It's been a long time, Lee Phoenix. <laughs> Cliff Lehip. Okay. It's been a long... <laughs> I hate you. Well, I figured oh. out how to win every argument now. <laughs> All right, ready? Uh, hold on, let me go ahead and pause this and delete it and then uh, re-record. Oh, man. Don't delete it. Keep that, because it's funny. (laughs) Keep it, because it's Uh. funny. (laughs) All right, Frederica Bimmel. Get your size 14 ass in gear, and let's do this. Oh, dude, speaking of which, you need to watch Psych, because there are so many freaking references in there. Excuse me. Excuse me. Did you lose your voice? Oh, it's like so, uh, oh, that was that was like a Jimmy Stewart and a Buffalo Bill. Oh yeah, Jimmy Bill. So, uh, so uh, Sean, um, he moved in with his girlfriend, and then they had a fight. So he was moving out, and she was getting a new roommate. So he was there when the roommate shows up, and so he's trying to like uh, scare her away from from moving in. And so he's talking about like the murder that happened and the creepy well in the basement and stuff like that. He's like, he goes, where's the lotion? Where's the lotion? And then he starts grabbing his nipples. <laughs> this is Sean William Scott. No, Sean, the character from psych. I know. And then he does, he does the, the tuck stance Ew. where he's like, his arms are out. Oh God. I love it. It's so funny. And, and there's so many references in there. Goodbye, horses. <laughs> I'm crying, crying, crying. Goodbye, horses. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, three uh, minutes and 12 seconds. I'm going to choke and die. All right, ready? <laughs> it sounds like a hot Saturday night. 
Yeah, three. Captain Captain AirPod. Let's, let's get three, our shit going. Two, one. Thermal Ladies curtain failure. Oh my god! I hate you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs>